WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go live on this Monday, December 18th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app. And, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning. 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram. The radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, K-A-Y-A-L. Don Stenzlin with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board. Phil Omquist, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Final week before Christmas. I don't believe any of us doing the full week. We're all ready to mail it in as soon as that day comes. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning on this monsoon of a Monday morning. (laughs) Do you uh, paddle or take the canoe to work today? Exactly. Good God. Gregory. It took me 45 minutes to get in this morning. Oh, boy. It's horrendous. And then we get in. And everything's moved. Yep. The cameras are... Rooney did the show. Matt Rooney, the Matt yeah. Rooney show, was a, Matt. last night, 7 to 10 p.m. Yeah. I believe he had the camera working. Yeah. So sometime between his show ended at 10 p.m. and yeah. 5 a.m., mm-hmm. somebody moved cameras, so you have a different camera in there. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah, the janitors were doing an overnight show. No, it had nothing to do with the janitors. It Good had God. To do with... Frustrating. You want to out somebody right at 602? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Do no, it. no, I'm not. Bury him. I'm not outing anybody because I don't know anything. <laughs> but we just, I just need consistency here. That's yep. All I need. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Just, we have a consistency. It's frustrating. Yeah, I come in here, the uh, the lavender purple lights are on again. It's like, like Rooney thinks he's doing like the Sean Hannity television show in here. <laughs> I mean, my God. Purple? Yeah, pur- the oh, purple. Oh, yeah, look at that shot. Oh, God, man. painful. Oh Different angle today. Personally, I think I look better. This is an upgrade for me. You like this angle better? Well. YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHG, by the way. Nick Kale. You can only, put so, much, you can only put so much lipstick on a pig, and it's still a pig, Stop. right? <laughs> but I digress. Good weekend. Good Friday night. Thank you to everybody that showed up to the block party. That was a wow. fantastic evening. It was amazing. Officer Christopher Fitzgerald's widow. What a brave soul. What a courageous lady. Hell of a speech. She said, uh, Christopher's looking down on us, drinking a yingling. Yeah. I was like, amen to that. All right, we got a lot to get to today. I am officially flipping on Joe in the big take. Flipping? Flipping. Okay. I will tell you what exactly that means in a little bit. Also, gay Democrat Senator Staffer gives new meaning to stimulus package. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man. Wow. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, buddy. So we'll get to that one right around 635 this morning. Look, I'm a a live and let live type guy. You... You do whatever you want to. You pound whatever you, you want to pound. You. Just don't, just don't affect me or my family. Yeah, but boy, <laughs> this is quite the. Yep. From the <gasps> act to the firing to the victim card. Yeah. This we... is amazing, an amazing, amazing story. I, 
I guess we should say that at some point this morning, we you say you're going to get into it at 6.30, I guess we should say that, like, we should probably, if you have kids in the car, you yeah. should probably not. It's yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. Not safe for yeah. anything. Also gives another meaning to the uh, the phrase, insurrection. <laughs> Stop. You know what I'm saying? I guess you could say he'll be the butt of the jokes. Oh, oh, right. oh, yeah. oh. That's where God. we're going today, baby. Oofa. Yep, short week. I got all the goodies coming out. Uh, also, John Fetterman claims he's not a progressive, and Americans, according to a new study, are fatter and more depressed after lockdowns than before lockdowns. <laughs> Shocking. Who knew? So we'll get to all of that, but... It's a monsoon out there. Let's get the news. Round number one at 6.05. Dawn is checking in live from a canoe at uh, 17th and Market. <laughs> Dawn, good morning. How are you? Yes, good morning. Hydroplaning. Hydroplaning across Philadelphia. So we are sponsored this morning. We are sponsored by Consumer Cellular. And we do have some AccuWeather alerts. The National Weather Service issuing some very serious alerts this morning. If you're just heading out... Heavy rain may cause flooding and strong winds that can lead to power outages. So we have the flood warning in effect for portions of New Jersey. This includes Burlington, Camden, Gloucester, Mercer, portions of southeast Pennsylvania. And that flooding includes Bucks County, number one, Delaware County, Montgomery County, and yes, Philadelphia County. And that is in effect right now. We've already experienced up to two inches of rain. And it looks like we may, in total, by the time this thing gets over, we may get two more inches. So we're in this for the long haul. And obviously watching this for the th- you know threat of f- more flooding on the roads, especially along streams, creeks, coastal flooding, and then monitoring any river flooding. Right now, the rivers in our area right now look like they're only going to reach minor flood stage. But then the wind is a factor, too, because winds are picking up this morning. So we could see wind gusts could reach 60 miles an hour, especially uh, much of the eastern New Jersey, you know, the Jersey coast and Delaware coast. That's Jersey and Delaware are going to get this the worst. But for all of us, and when you think about the soaking rain seriously, what happens is it, it feels like the, the trees, in other words, they're so, that the ground is so saturated, the trees are more li- likely to topple. So you got to be safe and we got to think about this very carefully as you head out. I'm already seeing some school closures. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So wow. Because of, due what? to flooding. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. What? I just, <laughs> due to flooding? The school flooding. is flooded? Yes. Yeah, the buses could hydroplane. Well, the... Uh, why are you laughing? I'm just... It's just like, it's flooding. Flooding and, yes, transportation issues. Okay. Smarty pants. All right. So let's talk about the roadways. Uh, first of all, Philadelphia police cruiser and an Amazon delivery truck involved in that crash. This is in the city's King Sessing neighborhood. Happened last night about 8.30 p.m. South 53rd Street and King Sessing Ave. So you see both vehicles sustained some serious damage, no injuries, thank goodness. And police have not stated whether an officer, um, you know, whether the officer um, suffered any more serious injuries. It's unclear if the heavy rain contributed to that crash. I don't have reports of serious injuries. That's the good the good news here. Also, that car plowing into a parked SUV that was guarding President Joe Biden's motorcade last night while the president was leaving a visit to his campaign headquarters. So the president and first lady 
uh, Jill Biden. They were not hurt. But if you see some of the video from the scene, um, the president is answering a couple of questions from a reporter or reporters. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you hear this loud you know, slamming sound. The sedan slammed into the SUV that belonged to a U.S. Secret Service mm-hmm. detail. OK, and so it was right there. So that's why it's on camera and it's making news. But you see the man in the SUV, I mean, surrounded instantly by all of these officers, Secret Service. And you see him. He, he's smart. He puts on his interior light. He puts his hands up mm-hmm. because he obviously realizes, row. it appears that this may possibly be, uh, well, they're investigating whether or not this may be an issue of uh, the driver being under the influence of something. It- uh, two things. One, you, you saw the all the agents, the Secret Service agents, pull their gun out. But you know what's the more concerning thing? You know, forget about whether it's a you know Democrat or Republican. The fact that this guy, that if he was intoxicated, how do you get that close to the President of the United States? Like it, the Secret Service is supposed to protect you, right? I don't know. That, that seems like a little too close of a call, don't you think? That was my first reaction. I'm like, he got within I don't know what thirty yards of the President. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, what are the odds? You're out. I don't know what he was celebrating that the, the Eagles are in it, even though we didn't play last night or whatever. <laughs> Joe thought the Eagles right? played last night. <laughs> but um, anyway. what are the odds that you're a little possibly uh, under the influence of something? Oh, you're talking about the driver. Yeah, the driver, oh, okay. I meant. Yeah. I'm sorry. And yeah. that's you happen to, you know, skid into an SUV on the side of the road and it just so happens to be yeah. the President of the United States taking questions from reporters. Mm. Oh my goodness. Uh, road Warrior with an early uh, uh, Twitter contender says, which ramming are you going to cover? The presidential oh, motorcade or the uh, Senate conference room? A lot of ramming this same. weekend, yeah. My new favorite football team is the LA Rams. <laughs> see what I did there? It's a sin. It is. Uh, we have, uh, SEPTA police back on the job, reached a deal over the weekend. I'll just give you that headline uh, really quick. They had to forego a $3,000 signing bonus, though, when they authorized that strike vote to get a six-month longer contract. Yeah. That was a uh, – so that – we have that going on with uh, SEPTA police. So let's talk about our Philadelphia Eagles because although we did not play last night <laughs> – Well, neither did the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But we're number one. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're in it. So we're we're in it. That's all I care about. That's the good news as far as uh, the playoffs. But Eagles have downgraded Jalen Hurts to questionable for their game against the Seahawks tonight because of an illness. Yeah. So he even had they even had him ride on another in another plane. Yeah, he was social distancing. Stomach bug going around the Cowboys. The Cowboys had ten players with the same thing yesterday, which probably explains why they got destroyed. But yeah. Oh, that's that's so that's nasty. So he's sick. So. He is, obviously, he traveled to Seattle separately. He's there. He'll play. Yeah. But. He'll play. I think, isn't it a good tactic to do something like that? Yeah. Like so to, you, don't to, want to, you don't want it to spread to your whole locker room, and then, you know, he's probably going to no. be all IV'd up. He's well, going to have electrolytes and Pedialyte. No, she, she, she's selling, she's saying he's selling it as a, oh, oh. I don't know if I can play. Yeah. Oh. Like to freak him out, they have to prepare for, yeah. you know, oh. whatever. The Hertz flu game. He's going to come out and look like Michael Jordan tonight. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. And, I hope uh, so, because I have, I have the Eagles minus three and a half. Well, they don't even... I, uh, Geno Smith's 
questionable too. I know we might else. get two backup yeah, quarterbacks yeah. tonight, <laughs> and they moved this game the Monday night they, for flex purposes. They flex this nonsense. <laughs> and what everybody's talking about, you know, when you have two brutal losses on national television, somebody's got to get thrown under the bus, and yeah. the fall guy. So it looks like, um, you know, the the problem is uh, the demotion is for Sean Desai. It's good for Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. So he gets a little bit of a bump. He'll be on the sidelines. Sean Desai, not on the sidelines. Yeah, he was a, he was essentially fired yesterday without being fired from the team. Say, like, we're going to stick you in the broom <laughs> closet. You've been you've been reallocated to another time slot, Chief. Well, he's demoted. He's you know he he's demoted. Yeah. So somebody had to, I guess, take the fall. But you know, I, it does. I think it does shake the team up, right? Yeah. Anytime that happens, your workplace, everybody's like, oh. They're who they going after next. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we're watching that one very carefully. But he's not fired. It, I mean, he's, it he's, would be like be it's it, a demotion. It, it would be like me being demoted to like the producer of this show. <laughs> or like, yeah, hey Nick, why don't you go do some live reports? We'll check in with you twice an hour. <laughs> That's what happened. Well, then you have to bloom. Look, we uh, we've all been there. So yeah. you have to bloom where you're planted. You're right. Wow, much to Coach Sirianni. Remember the whole flowers yeah. thing. So, yep. so I would just say to you, Sean, it's tough, but bloom yeah. where you're planted, shine, you know, and shine bright, and you gotta just work your way back. Remember when Eagles fans thought that he was going to be a terrible coach because he said that? Okay, oh, fire him before the first game. He just made a plant <laughs> reference, and everybody loved it. I know. Um, so we are sponsored by Consumer Cellular, offering the exact same nationwide 5G coverage as all the major carriers, even in bumper-to-bumper traffic, like you're probably experiencing, especially if you're on the Schuylkill eastbound. Yeah, they're, nice. I know, two lanes closed. Their 100% U.S.-based support is just a click away or a call away, plus activation always free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com. You want to switch today. The good news here, starting at noon... Between noon and one, the sun comes out, even though the winds will be whipping and the temperatures will be dropping. But at least we start to dry out right just after lunchtime today. So that's the the bright spot, if you will. This is Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don. Thank you very much. Six fifteen Monday morning. Let's get to another big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, the big take this morning, Joe, the unjustifiable. For about a year now, I have been of the belief that Joe Biden would be the nominee for the Democrats in the 2024 presidential election. Why? Because Democrats have a low standard. They have set the bar incredibly low on who they'll vote for and elect. Age, it doesn't matter. Competency level does not matter. Awful polling numbers doesn't matter. If you check a box, if you're controllable, and you have a pulse, you'll do. I've given examples such as Fetterman, Biden, Feinstein, age be damned, and we've examined their bench. It's thin, and it's very weak. Kamala, unmitigated disaster. Gavin Newsom, he's already said that he would not be running in 2024 when he squared off with Ron DeSantis on the debate moderated by Sean Hannity. Michelle Obama, complete long shot, and we're talking winning the Powerball long shot. But much like 2020, the 2024 election for the left will not be about who they nominate. It won't be about who they vote for. It's about who they are voting against and what they are voting against. The Dems are voting against Donald Trump. Not for Joe Biden, 
not for Kamala Harris, not for Gavin Newsom, probably not for Michelle Obama, although she might galvanize that base more than any of those four I just mentioned. The Dems are voting on feelings, not facts. They are voting for abortion. They are voting for democracy, supposedly. And apparently now they are voting against a dictator. Over the last month or so, I've said that Joe will be the nominee. They'll drag him to the finish line, and what they believe gives them the best chance to beat Donald Trump. And then in 2025, the switch will occur. Joe will step down, citing health concerns or family concerns about Hunter Biden. I haven't given a ton of credence to the summer switcheroo, in which Joe will be subbed out in the summer of 2024 at the DNC convention, and someone else will finish the stretch run of campaigning for the final three months until now. I am officially going on record today to say that Joe Biden will not be the Democratic nominee in 2024. And he will not be the nominee for two reasons, one of which we gave you last week and one of which occurred this weekend that I read. But before we break those two things down, here is Republican Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire on Fox News talking about how Republicans better not get caught off guard. Listen and watch. Because I still think the Bidens are going to go through and collect all the delegates and then figure out how to manage that. I mean, it could happen a whole bunch of different ways. But, mm-hmm. but, but one way or the other, the Democrats are going to replace Joe Biden. And if we're sitting there on, in the back seat and kind of, you know, ex- waiting for that to happen, that's going to be very hard to beat. We have to match that with another generation of leadership, another voice out there. And that's what the, uh, the presidential primary is all about, finding that alternative to match the Democrats or what is ultimately coming uh, a ballot without the Bidens on it. So let me refresh you on what we gave you last week. Pew Research shows that President Biden's approval ratings have hit an all-time low of 33%. Joe only has a 33% approval rating with men, a 33% approval rating with women, 30% with white voters, 33% with Hispanic voters, 37% with Asian voters, and 52% with black voters. When you break it down by age groups, the same theme rings true. 30% with 18 to 29-year-olds, 33% with 30 to 49-year-olds, 36% with 50 to 64-year-olds, and 34% with the 65-plus crowd. How about education level? Only 48% with post-grads, 37% with college grads, 30% with some college, and 28% with high school or less. Although, I'm sure he's still polling relatively well with dead voters. This is reason number one as to why I think Joe is going to get benched at some point in 2024. But I want to bring to light a story from Politico over the weekend that I read that really makes me believe that the switch will occur in 2024. Stephen Shepard wrote a column on Saturday for Politico, and the headline was, quote, Why a Trump conviction might not save Biden's re-election. Pollsters have already started to explore what effect, if any, a criminal conviction before the election would have on Trump's support. In the column, Stephen writes the following. It's the go-to refrain for Democrats watching Joe Biden fall behind Donald Trump in polls. Just wait until Trump is convicted. Yes, Biden's historically unpopular. Yes, views of his job performance are growing increasingly negative. But if a jury of Trump's peers in Manhattan, South Florida, Atlanta or Washington convict him before Election Day, they say it would have a dramatic impact on the race. And Stephen goes on to say, they're probably wrong. The evidence so far suggests that the race might only shift slightly by a few points. 
That could be important in another close election, but it's not the kind of Trump collapse that Democrats have been hoping for or Biden may need if his numbers don't improve. Trump's legal peril is unprecedented, and the sentiment that a criminal conviction could be a mortal wound to his candidacy is mostly driven by political intuition right now. But we're starting to get more data on how a conviction a conviction would affect Trump's chances to defeat Biden, thanks to pollsters who've asked voters what they would do if a jury found Trump guilty. Take last week's Wall Street Journal poll. Trump led Biden by four percentage points in a head-to-head matchup, 47 to 43. But the race shifted only slightly to a one-point Biden lead amongst respondents who were also asked what they would do if Trump were convicted in either of the two federal cases, either for unlawfully possessing classified documents or conspiring to overturn the election results of 2020. Since only about half of the respondents were asked about a hypothetical Trump conviction, the two results aren't directly comparable, but they suggest a massive swing against Trump that is unlikely, and the margins are small. With just a one-point lead in a hypothetical Trump conviction scenario, Democrats can't rely on a small post-conviction swing to tip the race. That is from Politico. And I believe that that analysis is accurate, and I agree with it. Trump is so polarizing that virtually everybody has already made their mind up on Donald J. Trump. You either love him or you hate him. I don't think a conviction or a not guilty plea will swing you one way or the other. And none of these prosecutions and or persecutions, depending on your personal view of Trump, is likely to change much at all. It's Joe that is enduring the change. Day by day, the polls get worse, the evidence mounts, and the cognitive demise progressives. And the reality is this. For the first time ever, it is absolutely a realistic possibility that Joe Biden is going to be shown the door, and he's going to be shown the door in 2024. And I firmly believe that now. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, thoughts and reaction, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210 is the phone number, 855-839-1210. On Twitter and Instagram, at 1210WPHT. Or you can get at us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kale & Company comment community. We'll get some thoughts and reaction to that on the other side. And also... Some interesting drama in the Senate with Democrats. Oh, yeah, it's the story we talked about 15 minutes ago. We'll delve into it on the other side of Kale and Company. Nick, Dawn, and Greg, we're back after this on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. But first, let me tell you about my friends at Wawa. So you've got about, what, six, seven days left. you got to do some holiday shopping. you got to be efficient. Maybe get your gondola out today and head over to your local Wawa. But if you can't make it, Just do it digitally. Go to Wawa.com, pick up one of their festive card designs, enter your card amount, and write a message. You can choose to have your Wawa gift card show up in their inbox instantly or schedule it to arrive at just the right moment. Or maybe you want to go out and about once the water recedes. You can stop by your local Wawa today where you're going to find gift cards for the Wawa fan in your life and for the fan of other brands like Amazon or Roblox. Grab one for your boss or your favorite aunt or uncle And make everybody's season bright in just one Wawa run. It's happy holidays from Wawa, your one-stop gift card shop. See store for details. Tonight is the night, the holiday... 
the holidays are here and your wishes are coming true on FanDuel, in partnership with the Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. The Birds tonight are minus 164. A $5 bet will only get you 3 bucks, but, 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 you'll get $100. $150, excuse me, in bonus bets if you win. So that's for new users. If you already have the FanDuel app, check out this three leg same game parlay. How about the Eagles minus three? Jalen Hurts for an 80 time touchdown and AJ Brown for an 80 time touchdown. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I love the FanDuel app. It's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over under, so much more. Go to fanduel.com slash Greg. Fanduel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHT and the NFL 21 and over. President PA, first online run money wager, only $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is now withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See, see terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Kale & Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 W-P-H-T. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Uh, short week this week. Uh, Thursday will be my last day. I believe Dawn and Greg, you guys are done what, after Tuesday? Yes. If I recall. Uh, Tony Bruno, Harry Mays will be in the week after Christmas. Our buddy Sean Farage. Um, Mary Walter will wrap up this week with me on Wednesday and Thursday. So looking forward to all of that. Uh, if you have thoughts and reaction from the big take, you can certainly jump in 855-839-1210. Uh, I have long been the guy saying that I think Joe would be the nominee. I know, Stalker, you had said that you think that it will not be neither Joe or Trump in 2024. So I guess you could say I've uh, flipped over to your side on the, the Biden front because I'm reading that, and I don't know what it says about my life. I was reading Politico Saturday morning at 10.30 with a cup of coffee, but I, they caught me with the headline, and it was interesting. Yeah, we gave you those polling numbers about Joe last week, not resonating with virtually anybody, regardless of race or religion or college education or not. He's polling in the tank right now. But then I see the numbers where Trump's conviction possibilities don't really swing anything uh, out of the ordinary. I mean, Trump goes from up three or four to tied or down one, still within the margin of error. So now I am of the belief that at some point when we flip the calendar in 13 days, uh, that Joe will be uh, riding off into the sunset. I don't know if it'll be Jill that talks him out of it. I'm not sure how it goes down. Maybe it's in the summer at the convention, uh, but I'm coming off of the stance that he will be the nominee and then bow out in year one of his second term, citing health issues, but I could be wrong. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Dawn, let me, so I, Greg and I both believe Joe will not be the nominee. Gun to your head right now, do you think Joe's going to be the nominee still? Oh, no, her mic's on. Yes, I do. You do. Okay, so you're the, you're the lone of the three. You think it will be Joe in 2024. All right, we will keep track of that and see how it plays out. 855-839-1210. But I wonder how it plays out in a Senate hearing room. When nobody's around, but the cameras are still rolling, apparently. So this is a a wild story that took like two or three different um, turns, so to speak, over the weekend. So this comes down, I want to say that this was leaked Saturday morning. It might have been Friday or Saturday afternoon, but it was somewhere after we were done on Friday's show. 
So you have a Democrat senator's staffer who filmed gay sex video in a Senate hearing room, then gets fired, then claims to be the victim. This is a wild, wild story. So if you were not paying attention, maybe you're doing holiday shopping over the weekend and you weren't paying attention to the news, a Democrat congressional staffer has been caught filming a gay pornographic film in the Senate hearing room. There was an explicit video that was obtained by the Daily Caller, which is the website that I believe Tucker Carlson used to own and founded, which shows the naked staffer. Um, if you're listening and you have kids this morning, probably <laughs> turn this down. Uh, stream us in your earbuds. Uh, you stick the iPad in front of little Bobby's face and he'll be distracted. So apparently this explicit video shows the naked staffer having um, gay anal sex with an unknown man in Senate room heart 216, which is where our United States senators sit to ask questions during judicial committee hearings. The staffer has been reportedly identified as Aiden Mays Chesarovsky, who works for Democrat Senator Ben Cardin. It's unclear which man Mays Chesarovsky is in the sexually explicit video. We don't know if he's... Um, the receiver or the oh, the, the, the giver. Stop. We don't know. I mean, these are things that I mean. Look, facts matter. Okay. Oh, God. It's three things I was taught in law school: the facts, the facts, and the facts. Oh boy, do you see the video? Do you see the video that's up on? So it's on YouTube. If that's your thing, I'm gonna. Greg, is it okay? Wow. Greg, I'm gonna move my monitor away from me because I don't really like that type of stuff. So I will. Keep my computer away. So if you're wow. seeing it, good for you. Uh, I will just give you the. Um, the redacted stuff. <laughs> I mean, what is? Is it like a? F- yeah, yeah, thong? it's yeah, it's a. Um, that, what are the straps? Yeah, I'm not really sure. <clears throat> it's not my wheelhouse. Uh, but anywho, the video footage <laughs> oh that God. you were probably seeing I, yeah, on boy, YouTube. Did he get lasered? I mean, there is no hair anywhere. Oh, good, good job on that. It's a good wax job, right? Yeah, oh, or God. lasered. I mean, nothing yeah. wrong with dudes waxing. No, nope. I, mean, I don't do that, but some... you know. Some high people quality, like Smith. Yeah, high yeah. quality manscaping. I saw um, uh, one of uh, some one of the gay uh, individuals uh, that I follow on Twitter um, called this 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 kid this guy the twink. Oh, you want to pound it? In the pen? <laughs> Stop! Don't use do my like cooking show <laughs> advice in this segment. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, here's what I would say. Yeah, here's the truth, and and I will remain consistent whether. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, these materials, I don't know, are they going to use this in Bucks County as an educational tool in the library? Well, no matter what it is, I don't care what kind of relations they had. Yeah, that's not it's, even... Right? Yeah, that's not Ultimately, even the they, had, they had relations in and videotaped it, and it's disrespectful, and I, I hope it's against HR policy. It's like, have some professional courtesy. Like, yeah. there's other human beings that sit in those chairs. Oh. <laughs> yeah. For the love of God. No, but I mean, and it's always the Democrat. Decorum. Yeah. You know, and Fetterman, right now, I'm sure that Senator John Fetterman is saying, hang on, and you guys were giving me a hard time for wearing a hoodie? Right. <laughs> you know, right. talking this, about this, decorum. This makes Fetterman look like, <laughs> right? like the Come beacon on. of professionalism. <laughs> this is unbelievable. He so, just couldn't find a big and tall man store for yeah, the suit already. You're exactly right. <laughs> So the, there's you have two men that are having anal sex. The amateur porn oh, video was then reportedly shared. Relations, and, and then this is how it was leaked. It was he's shared. Just the article. Sorry. Don't. Yes. Sorry. Don't. I know he's quoting. Yeah. 
It was a private group. Um, it was reportedly shared in a private group for gay men in politics. The video was leaked to a different group chat, which was then leaked to the Daily Caller. Now, here's the other thing. And this is the, the, the next level hypocrisy of all of these Democrats that have been oh, free Palestine, they say. Furthermore, Mays Cheparovsky has been identified as the staffer who yelled free Palestine at a Jewish congressman earlier in the week. Cardin goes on to say that this staff is crazy. Now, keep in mind, here's Representative Mike Collins, Republican, saying, yeah, go figure. The guy that was yelling free Palestine at a Jewish congressman uh, has a question. How long would Cardin's filmmaker last in a free Palestine? Great point, because this guy would be beheaded as well. So that's the first part. So the worst part is you're doing this, and again, I couldn't I couldn't give a rip if it is gay or lesbian or anything else, LGBTQ, trans, you name it, or a threesome, or a threesome, uh, I or just, a missionary between. Yes, correct. You know, what if even if they're like, let's just even say this, even if they're married individuals, mm-hmm. whoever they are, like whatever, whatever, like our, it like is, our Virginia Democrat senator that was running for yes, office with her. Whatever it is. Or our Moms for Liberty. or Yeah, or that threesome. How about that one? Oof. Wow. Uh, so th- it's a judiciary committee. Who's on the judiciary committee? You know that they're like, Jim Jordan's like, ah, oh, sanitize that room. We're not meeting, We're not meeting in uh, judiciary committee hearing room yeah. number 1A right. today. We're going right. to change of venue. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? It's disgusting. I, it's just, I mean, I, it's so embarrassing. So it's the Democrats, and then, of course, um, you know, you have this whole stuff playing out. That's the first part. Now, the up, we have two updates. The second one is this uh, congressional aide ultimately gets fired over the weekend after this came to light. So you have Ben Cardin, the Maryland senator, who announced on Saturday afternoon, less than a day after the video was released, that this guy is officially fired. Now, the aide... Wait a minute. Eight seconds? It was eight seconds of... that. Yeah. Eight seconds. Well, that was all the video was, I believe. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I, think, I think the total I act just... lasted 14 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so the aide then, who, by the way, who appeared in a 2020 campaign video with Biden, <laughs> then goes on to say that he is under attack for, being, for, for, for loving who he decides to love. It's like, no. No, no, Aiden Mays Chesarovsky, 24-year-old. Nobody's attacking you for having gay sex. People are going after you because you should be fired for having it in a Senate hearing floor in an area where congressional acts of whatever that goes on in our... Oh, yeah, whatever that happens. Whatever we do Monday through Friday, you're not supposed to be playing romper room in there on Saturday. Okay? So that's why you had to be fired. And it's a terrible look for the actual Maryland senator, Ben Cardin, who employs you. So this guy, uh, Chesarovsky, comes out and says, quote, I'm being attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. So immediately, immediately, he's a well-trained Democrat. He knows to play the victim card. He knows to claim that he's under attack. He goes on to say, quote, while some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Y- yes, you did. You were bent over a chair behind. Uh, behind oh, I mean, what do you mean? You're, you're, you're not going to disrespect your workplace. Oh, what do you think? We're five. We, we can't figure out what you did. Well, he, he's 24. He looks like he's a teenager. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Hmm. That's what I would like to know. 
That's yeah, what I would you like need, to know. You need some. You need a a lot of clearance to get in those rooms, right? Yes, of course you do. Because there is, he's an aide, but he's a college graduate, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's I not would, like I an intern. I have to imagine. He, yes. Seriously, he looks when you the pictures of him. He's in a blue Rehoboth Beach T-shirt, by the way. But in one of the pictures, <laughs> shocking. But he looks like a kid, and so my question is, because somebody called him a twink. Yeah, that's the, like, that's what somebody called that, me on the. Uh, so well, that's a, that's a gay term for like men who look like little boys. Yeah. It's really yeah. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I have a full mustache and beard. Really no, creepy. so there is a creepy... I Like, I do wonder who's... Is, is the other person like an older, creepy, powerful guy? Politician? Yeah. Who's yeah. the other person, and is the other person mm-hmm. going to get outed I'm because sure. they're doing this activity? By the, way, by the way, in this age of deep fakes and everything like that, why didn't why didn't Aiden just say, that, that wasn't me, I didn't do that? Yeah, claim AI, right? Yeah. Yeah, some it's misinformation. Mm-hmm. Somebody doctored something. Yep. They spliced my head in there. Yep. Uh, he goes on to say, any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. So be very careful, folks, if you criticize this guy. He's going to try to sue you for defamation of character. Well, how can he, if, it's, if it is all 100% true, how can he sue? He can't. He can't. Do you think he just, just said that? He's just playing the victim card because that's what the left is taught any time that they get caught doing something they shouldn't be doing. And as long as you identify as any box other than a straight white cis man, you can automatically play the victim card. Mm. It went in doubt. I'm gay. Uh, when in doubt, I'm trans. Uh, when in doubt, I, I love it. Uh, uh, give me a break. Well, maybe he's <clears throat> maybe he, his argument when he sues is to say, hey, uh, you know, these lawmakers are screwing the American people every single day. So... Why are you why are you criticizing me? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Are there really HR laws or rules? Because we've talked about that a lot. What, in D.C.? In, in I'm serious. In the Capitol, in the U.S. Capitol for these individuals. So. I, mean, should, I mean, you would think Jamal Bowman got in trouble for pulling a fire alarm. I mean, doesn't this fall under, like, code of professional conduct? Yeah, you can't just go into a workplace and have sex. Right. No matter what the sex is. I mean, what would happen, what do you think would happen if somebody was out in the hub here on Saturday morning at Odyssey, and they're going to town where we where we have our sales meeting on Tuesday? It'd be the best. <laughs> I mean, somebody would be fired in all likelihood. Definitely. Yeah. So I don't understand why this would be any different. These guys don't get special privileges because they're elected officials. Well, they can increase their wealth 20-fold, but that's a different story. And then the worst part of all of this is now NBC News comes out with a headline over the weekend where they said, quote, Senate staffer alleged by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed. They had to spin it to say, oh, here come all the conservative websites trying to vilify this guy. Well, I mean, the Delhi caller is a conservative website. Well, it is. And we don't, I mean. But should it matter where the source is? Until proven guilty. So, like, I don't, like, the headline, yeah, I guess you could look at it and say, you know, they're blaming conservatives for it. But the headline says a conservative outlet, which the Daily Caller is. But, But it was posted on a public X. Account. Right, that's the official. Was, well, that's where it first leaked. It was, at, right? it was posted publicly. Then, right. actually, the Spectator first broke the story Friday. Then the, the Daily Caller picked it up. Okay, so the Daily Caller was not first. Is the, I I don't know what the Spectator is. Is that also a conservative outlet? I've never American heard of that. Spectator. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, well, there and, you go. and the title of that one <clears throat> is Cockburn's Gossip, but I believe Cockburn is the. <laughs> But <clears throat> is the last name of the individual who wrote the column? Oh, okay. But it yeah. so 
Well, I mean, look, this kid's going to be taking a pounding all week. Oh, so it's just, stop, you know, you gotta, but stop. you know, we'll, we'll wash it over it. You know, we'll move on to the next thing that we talk about. It'll be out of the news cycle just in three wrong. or four days. Yeah. So the way they describe it is he's a, he's a flagrant delicto, which I don't know what that is mm-hmm. with his older bear partner. Yeah. And I think the bear yes, tells you the positioning. Gotcha. No, no, no. The bear is a. Uh, What's the, bear? No, the bear is like a, like a big. Oh, big. Okay, sorry. Hairy gentleman. Ah. Okay. Like like Fetterman probably. So his well, older. No, I, I mean, let's not, let's not throw Fetterman. Fetterman's no, don't a big say hairy that. Guy. An older hairy dude. Come on, yes. we, we know. But who's the older? I just want to know this. Hmm. Who's the older hairy dude, and why isn't that individual? Because if that individual is an employee, yeah, it should be equal that they both should be fired. I will say with all of this. Mm-hmm. The issue is that he not only put it on video, but he posted it publicly. Mm-hmm. What a dope. But you know, I can't even believe that he did that. I know. Some of these people. Well, I, I mean, from the camera, he was he he couldn't have been the one taking the video, right? Yeah. Probably. He was yeah. he was in Right, so he posted post. it. Yeah. So who is the, who is the other guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is this the first time that people no. have had relations in one of these? No, rooms? and it won't be, and it won't be the last. So, I mean, Kennedy was 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 doing it in the pool with yeah. allegedly with brawl. That's why they shut down the pool? Yeah, and Biden like, Biden skinny dips. Yeah, they're all disgusting. What are you gonna do? Which is why I say we should have the cameras. We should have cameras just in all, posted in all of these committee rooms in Congress. Don wants added surveillance. I just want the cameras. All right. That that way, you know. It'd be like our our break room where nobody does the dishes. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. It's true. 855-839-1210 if you would like to jump in. I have said for, what, months and months on this show that I think grocery prices are outrageous. I cry every Friday when I go. Ah, Nick Kale right yet again. A new U.S. report says Philadelphia and the state of Pennsylvania ranks number one for worst grocery store inflation in the United States of America. Shocking. I wasn't just uh, whistling Dixie out my keister. We'll come back and we'll get to that story as we wrap up hour number one. Next on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Nick Dawn and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, Dawn will have some news to kick off hour number two. Coming up in just a few minutes. Also, John Fetterman says, I'm not a progressive. And left-wingers are really mad about that. So we'll get to that story. Also, uh, just under an hour until we get to a Monday installment of What's on the Cut Sheet. Always a good addition. Coming off of the weekend that was, whether it's rallies or talking head shows on Sunday morning. Um, But, you know, I've complained about grocery prices on this show from time to time. Friday's always grocery shopping day, right after the show. Very therapeutic. It used to be therapeutic for me. Now it's just a, a painful exercise in futility. And I knew I wasn't crazy when I said this, because I've talked about just how expensive groceries are. Stockers are like, oh, we pay you well, blah, 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 the whole charade, right? Um, but 6ABC posted a story saying that Philadelphia and Pennsylvania grocery prices have increased more than anywhere else in the United States. Uh, and if you actually click on the tweet, read the story, it's from Consumer Affairs. And they talk about how the uh, average American is spending, instead of, if you spend uh, $750 a month on groceries, 
That's a little over $175 a week. Uh, right now, in the United States of America, you're on pace to pay over more than $500 per year, that, more than you used to pay for groceries, just compared uh, to 2022. And they have the top-ranked states for grocery inflation as of mid-November. And coming in at number one is Pennsylvania, with a whopping 8.2%, followed by Vermont at 7%, tied with Maryland, West Virginia and New Jersey at 6.8%, Massachusetts at 6.6%, and rounding out the top 10, you have Connecticut, Florida, Montana, and South Dakota. The states with the smallest grocery store inflation are Colorado at number one, only 2.9%, followed by Arizona, North Carolina, Michigan, Virginia, and rounding out the top 10, Nevada, South Carolina, Indiana, Ohio, and Oregon. Um, they go to talk about what they did with, with this survey was they looked at 15 different categories within grocery stores, and they collected in real time data from over 150,000 grocery stores uh, that partnered with a company called Data Assembly, and they find that grocery prices for this year alone, 2023, as we're just two weeks away from ending this year, up 5.3% over last year in 2022. So, like, when you go to the grocery store and you grab, like, 13 items and there's barely anything in your cart, and, uh, yeah, you scan your little bonus card and it's still, like, $127.52 and you want to mm-hmm. stick your head through a window, now you know why. And I, I knew it. I mean, Dawn, you sh- I mean, I only have to shop for one, technically, mm-hmm. and you got to shop for four, and uh, they're all built like Sasquatch. I know. So, first of all, I looked up while you were talking, Nick, as far as the best day of the week, which is Wednesday, because that's when stores start their sales. Oh. <clears throat> so, Friday uh-huh. is not a good day. Uh, you know, you're right. We When you get to the weekend, it's a bad time, isn't yep. it? Yep. And it's not just for lines with people showing up to shop, right? Yep. It's So, they say mid-morning, so you're good on the mid-morning, okay. but they say go Wednesday, because that's when the sales starts, so you get better selection, fresh yeah stuff and you'll get in early on all the sales okay so that's number one number two if you can go to some different you know different stores yep i do think certain stores like aldi has some amazing i was there last night they have certain sales they have amazing prices and it's such a sin that i don't go there because there's one literally right seven blocks from me. yeah and i drive by it all the time when i go to pay for an overpriced coffee but i don't think about going in there to save on groceries but it's, you know, it's kind of a pain and we're all busy, but I do, I do go to Giant. I go to, we belong to BJ's Wholesale Club, Giant, the Acme, especially on game, like today I'll go to Acme because I get 5% off as long as I wear my Eagles gear. Right. So that's worth it, especially on certain items. Acme. Acme. Yeah. Acme. Acme, as they say in Delco. <laughs> but so I go to like four different spots to just try to get, and sometimes Walmart, but not everything. Right. And that's just it. Even Whole Foods, mm-hmm. they have really low prices, believe it or not, on really, fresh really? produce. On fresh produce. Okay. But not much else. Yeah, I'm a big Do you pro- know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a big produce guy. I yeah. might have to look into that. Though. But if you want fresh produce, Aldi definitely is the cheapest I've, that I've found. And it's fresh. It's good. All right. 
Pennsylvania, 8.2%. Oh, 855-839-1210. It's just awful. All right, coming up next, Donald kickoff hour two with the news. John Fetterman also says, I am not a progressive. And a lot of his base, very mad at him for those comments. We'll get to that as we continue in hour two. Kale and company on a Monday, Nick, Don, and Greg. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning? Also, a study out that shows uh, following the pandemic, America is fatter and more depressed than they were before lockdown. Soft, chubby, fat-looking children. Yes, we have soft, chubby, fat-looking adults uh, in society, and they're depressed thanks to all of the uh, Tony Fauci lockdowns. We'll give you that data and some of the tidbits to go with that coming up in a little bit. Also, um, I knew it was only a matter of time until Democrats beat Republicans to the punch on one little fascinating development or maybe a little a nice little tool that you can utilize when it comes to voting we'll get to that story coming up in a little bit as well but let's get to the news because we have a lot of it and it's a very wet monday and for that we give you the great don stensland at 702 and good morning this monday morning december 18th one week away from christmas day are you ready but we are sponsored this morning in Kale and Company News Live by ECI Comfort on this monsoon Monday. Full forecast in just a moment, but I looked up at one of the traffic cams. Uh, I-76 right now is a parking lot. Oh, so two right lanes right after the boulevard. This is just one of the spots, but uh, they're shut down, and, and so that is backing everything up. Just a heads up, a lot of flooding on the roadways. I-95 South Jersey um, before you get onto the Ben Franklin Bridge, I'm just saying it's it's a hot mess it out was, there. It was flooded by Belmont, 76 eastbound, as you came up on Belmont, and then yeah. City Avenue. It was just awful as well. Yeah, it's a, it's, so it's the whole thing is a hot mess. So j- just a heads up, if you are headed in this morning, maybe um, make sure you leave it a little bit of extra time. And we'll give you the timing of the day. We've already reached the high of the day because we're we're supposed to get up to 61 but I, I I think that at some point, starting at like noon today, we start going down in the temperatures as the winds hike up. But we'll talk about all of that. We have a Philadelphia police cruiser and an Amazon delivery truck involved in a crash in the city's King Sessing neighborhood. Happened last night, still under investigation. We don't have all the details. Happened South 53rd Street and King Sessing Avenue. So according to investigators, the good news here, we nobody was injured. And police uh, have not stated whether or not the an officer was in the car during the incident. So that's another question going on. Uh, it's unclear whether or not the heavy rain contributed to that crash, but we do have that one under investigation. And then this curious story that remains under investigation this morning, as well as some toxicology, this after a car a car plowed into a parked SUV that was actually a Secret Service detail, one of many, that was guarding President Joe Biden's motorcade last night while the president and first lady, uh, the president was leaving a visit to his campaign headquarters. Reporters surrounded him, asking him a couple of questions. And the good news here, I mean, nobody was injured. 
the first lady, the president, everybody's fine as far as the driver. But while Biden was walking from the campaign office to his waiting armored SUV and then, you know, all the Secret Service, all of the details, because we know it's a motorcade, a sedan struck a U.S. Secret Service vehicle that was being used to close off the intersections right near the headquarters of, you know, his campaign. So the sedan then tried to continue. (laughs) The guy tries to, to continue on in the closed off intersection and you see Secret Service, all of these armed personnel, guns, weapons drawn. Yeah, honestly, he's lucky that the Secret <laughs> Service didn't just, uh, you know, annihilate him right? and put about 14 bullets into him. So when you you do, the, I saw the video, and you, I mean, we saw it, it. You see the man was smart when he realizes, row, you know, and puts on his interior light and puts his hands up in the air. That was very, that was a good move by him. Mm-hmm. What a great story to tell. Your friends, like, yeah. dude, I was so wasted that I allegedly uh, that I that I plowed into uh, uh, the president's motorcade. Yeah. I had Secret Service draw their guns on me, man. I almost killed Biden, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, think about the story Joe's going to have. You know, in oh. over the next four years, Joe will be fabricating this story. He'll he'll be talking oh. about how he got clipped by a, a Hyundai uh, Sonata because you know he'll just embellish the whole thing. It's a sin. Not a joke. Yeah, and you see, the, so he was, the president was startled by because there was this loud bang, you know, obviously when the car rams into the parked vehicle, and so he was quite startled, and that's when they immediately usher, you know, the Bidens away. And, yep. Uh, so Secret Service did not immediately comment after this. It is under investigation. Reportedly, they're doing some toxicology on that driver i saw the video uh, i think it was raw alerts had it first and they showed joe on the sidewalk and he kind of lifts his head up and he looks and he's like huh what's going on and then the secret service agents like sir you're gonna have to get into this vehicle right now head down please i have the video we'll play it at okay oh good beautiful good 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 because we want to see that yeah um i'll get to the i'll get to the forecast in a moment because we do have some flooding. I mean, a lot of alerts out there, flooding alerts and warnings and National Weather Service has updated some of these. But I will say, you know, as we are on the road to victory for the Eagles, the bad news was we're coming off back-to-back blowout losses. Defensive coordinator demoted, as we talked about earlier this morning, star quarterback under the weather. The Eagles still managed to clinch a playoff berth yesterday without playing at all so that's the cool thing we didn't play what a beautiful thing but we clinched really, yeah <laughs> my buddy went to the uh the buffalo dallas game yesterday he drove up to to upstate new york and because he's a bills fan and he watched the cowboys get beat down on live television what a beautiful thing oh, man it's a good day now that now things work out for the eagles and the eagles have an easier schedule dallas has a little bit of a tough schedule and uh, we'll see what happens down the stretch run here. Yeah, they play uh, Monday, and then they play, what, Christmas Day yeah. against the Tommy Cutlets and the Giants. Yeah. Terrible yesterday. I know. So. Tommy Cutlets got a concussion, I think. He took a little dinger. Yeah. He had to go into the blue tent, poor yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the 49ers play Baltimore coming up, so that's going to be a tough game. Everything's going to be fine, Eagles fans. You just... Did Baltimore win last night? They did. Okay. They wow. did, yeah. I had Jacksonville. They might be the best team in the NFL. I agree. I agree. Uh-oh. We're the best team in the NFL. No, no. Stop with the sports! <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe. Well, we know this intense storm. We've had a lot of alerts, a lot of flood warnings, especially for, obviously, the, the closer you are to the coast, the tougher it is. This intense storm system 
brought torrential rains and continues to do to do so and flooding to the southeastern coast over the weekend is descending upon us in the northeast today threatening to snarl morning commutes with miserable downpours gusty winds and traffic along swaths of the east coast busy i-95 corridor will contend with ankle deep floodwaters anticipated in some low-lying areas just to put this in a national perspective, 58 million people right now in America are under flood watches. That takes you from North Carolina all the way to Maine today. New Yorkers could face around one foot of inundation in some areas. 45 million people from eastern Georgia to here, <clears throat> points in the northeast, are also under high wind alerts. So it, it's really crazy weather right now. The airports, obviously, if you're flying out, there are a ton of delays mm-hmm. when you think about the storms that, I mean, I know it's miserable for us, but it's horrifying in parts of the South. You know what? I'll we still, lucked out. I'll still take this over uh, yeah. 27 degrees and six inches of snow. Hmm. Uh, six inches of snow sounds wonderful. Does it? Does it? Does yeah. it really? I don't think it, it does. does. <laughs> I, yeah, I, think I would love the snow. I'll take 58 in a uh, tropical storm. Yeah. Mm, no. no, I'd rather have snow right now. All right. You like a white Christmas, sir? Yeah, gotcha. we got it. I mean, we're one week away. Doesn't the kids sn- it doesn't it. snow in this state anymore. It's been like two years since we've had snow. Isn't Climate it? change. I now watch. Now God. watch. You're gonna. We're gonna have the worst, uh, snowiest winter on record. I, you know, seven. that's fine. I just bought some new uh, studio equipment at my house. I, I'll, I'll broadcast from my uh, from my living room in my in my skivvies. they fine by me. We don't want to know about the skivvies. You're dying to do that, dude. I, I know. It's just, Spent a lot of money on it. Trying to be a team player, make sure everything's ready to go, and then in the event we get a, a blizzard. How's your home studio coming, Don? I know. I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. You've been working on it for nine years. <laughs> hey, don't 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 give don't give her any guff. She showed up on time on Friday night. <laughs> we had her slotted for seven fifteen. She was there at like two. Thank you. She showed up before we all did because we got stuck in, in ninety minute traffic going down there. I spent an hour looking for a parking garage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let me give you the forecast here because it's an important one. So we've already, we, we are right now pretty much peaking weather wise. The high today, 61 degrees because it's warm. It's wet. It's a monsoon. And remember the, we're still in for maybe two more inches of snow before the, uh, I should say rain before this thing is over. So heavy rain continues through the morning. So the chance of rain, 100%. These higher wind gusts are possible up to 50 miles an hour. So the close, especially South Jersey, is going to get it big time. So it looks to me like around lunchtime, that's when the sun comes out and we can start to dry out. But as that happens, around 1231-ish, the winds pick up. So by noon, we're at 50 degrees. We start 50, 51, then we start dropping from there. So by sunset you see we're already down into the 40s. Mm. And so that's important to think about as far as the cooling impact. Let's get you to your Tuesday tomorrow, 40 degrees. Really an uneventful day. It'll be a little windy, but the sun is out. Wednesday, bright, sunny skies for Wednesday and Thursday. And mid to upper 40s, 46, 47-ish. Moving us into Friday, 42 degrees for your Friday. Then the weekend. Saturday, 43. Sunday, bright, sunny skies, 48. Christmas Day, 51 degrees. And the day after Christmas Day, 54. 
So it really does not look to me at all, even though they're saying flurries in the forecast for tomorrow, nothing's going to stick. I don't see the possibility, unless they're truly wrong, I don't know that we're going to have any possibility for a white Christmas here in Philadelphia. Mm. Sorry, kids. All right. Just kind of uh, the wet, rainy stuff today. We are sponsored by ECI Comfort. Is the cold weather getting you down? Stay warm with ECI Comfort, your go-to HVAC experts. Upgrade to the reliability of train heating systems, keeping you cozy when it matters most. Call ECI Comfort for your comfort needs online, ecicomfort.com. That's ecicomfort.com. This is Kale and Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. If you want to jump in, maybe the cure for progressivism is to have a stroke and then go through recovery and then gradually slide back to being a more sensible liberal Democrat because that seems to be the case with John Fetterman. The headline reading on foxnews.com Fetterman bluntly admits, quote, I'm not a progressive, as he angers far-left individuals with his stances on Israel and immigration. You know, just because you support Jewish people, and just because you believe you need to protect the border, that shouldn't make you, quote, not a progressive, but apparently that's the stance that Fetterman is taking. And now this is a trend and a theme with John Fetterman now for, I would say, probably two or three months if you go back to September or October, as this guy has continued to, I guess, slowly but surely recover from his stroke. He relatively, I mean, I think if you were to play John Fetterman this October compared to last October, he sounds better in his speeches. Now, he still has his his slip-ups and his gaffes, but I think along with the the like the progression of his recovery, he's kind of come off of a lot of his extreme left-wing stances, which I think is a fascinating development because I think it's creating a further divide within the Democratic Party. Uh, after months of left-wing frustration, now Jen, uh, John Fetterman uh, is r- apparently irking a lot of left-wingers over his stance on Israel as well as immigration. In an interview with NBC News, the freshman U.S. senator said, quote, I'm not a progressive, and explained how he differs with leftists in the party on the subjects of Israel and illegal immigration. Quote, I just think I'm a Democrat that is very committed to choice and other things. But with Israel, I'm going to be on the right side of that. And immigration is something near and dear to me. And I think we have to do effectively address that as well, Fetterman said. I don't know what's going on here with Fetterman, but he's slowly but surely starting to at least have some common sense viewpoints on a couple of issues that I think are front and center in American politics right now. This has got to concern the progressive wing because this was another guy that was supposed to be the everyman. You know, they were going to have this guy kind of lead the party from a Senate standpoint you know, with the hoodie and the the beard and, and just the the everyday persona, and he was supposedly nothing more than a than a puppet for progressive policies. But as the uh, the synapses start firing again, you know, John Fetterman all of a sudden is like he's he's like awakening from a bad dream where he was like, man, I 
I had a dream that I was this radical left winger, and oh, wait a minute, you know what? No, I actually do believe we should have more border security. And, you know, believe it or not, the Jews do have a right to exist and defend themselves and not have to apologize for a few innocent casualties of citizens because when you're in the middle of a war, those things happen to occur from time to time. I, I think this is the big picture takeaway for this is I think you're seeing once again more of a splintering and a fracturing of the Democratic Party. Like, we can sit here and point out all the flaws of the Republicans, rhinos versus MAGA, swamp versus outsider, and and that's obviously a legit thing and, you know, could very well be a reason why Republicans uh, slip up in elections on top of other things like abortion and, uh, you know, a litany of other issues. But I think eventually, and I've said this for even before I started doing the show, 2019, 2020, I remember having these conversations when all this left-wing stuff started to really gain steam. And I had this, this chat with my mother-in-law, who I told you, you know, she hates Trump, she's a left-winger. Uh, but she's not, she's not a progressive, she's just more of your, like your classic liberal Democrat. And she said, give it time, the pendulum will always swing back towards the center. And I'm starting to wonder, it, maybe not if the pendulum is swinging, even though these progressive policies continue to fail... But you're starting to see a lot of butting of the heads with the progressives versus the more moderate Democrats. And I, I think over the weekend, I saw one of the squad members, um, and I'm not sure if we can find the audio. I'd have to find it. It's my fault. I, I can't think of who it was. It was not Ayanna Presley. It was um, the one from Michigan. It might have been Tlaib, who said something really outrageous on the front of Israel and the right to defend themselves. And then I saw a story over the weekend where the young generation today 18 to 24 year olds they actually believe that the jews are the oppressors which is a wild stance to have and it's a hell of a hill to die on because that group of people has been oppressed since i mean the beginning of time i mean we don't even have to go back up until the last 70 80 years you go back to you know the holocaust and world war ii and nazi germany but i i I think you're going to start to see I think it started a little bit with immigration because mayors like Eric Adams and some of these big blue cities that are sanctuary cities have publicly come out and criticized the Biden administration saying, hey, help us out here. You know, we've got nowhere to go with these people. We're begging and pleading. I saw uh, the Arizona uh, governor who um, who beat Carrie Lake a year and a half ago. She just deployed the National uh, Guard for a state of emergency in Arizona at the southern border. So I think immigration has kind of caused a little bit of this, but Israel and Hamas has driven a stake, I think, between the moderate Dems and the progressives. And I think they're going to eat themselves alive moving forward. Yeah, and I think John Fetterman is showing in part that he he is in touch with Pennsylvanians and he realizes we are a purple state. So as far as Fetterman goes, to your point, Nick, you know, to be pro-Israel, pro-border security and come out strong on that one. I know he's getting ripped because his wife, Giselle, came to this country illegally as a seven-year-old child. That's true. Right? And so I know he's he's being ripped on that. But I think he's somebody who, um, you know, he he marches to a different drum his own. And But he's not sticking to the script. No. He's not he's sticking not to the playbook. To and they're, they're mad. They're mad about that. But I think he ultimately, he's reading this. He's in touch with Pennsylvania. And he's trying to read the state, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and not his own party. That's right. So we'll see where it, 
you know, he is getting some praise from some conservative groups. Right. Right. Could could he be testing the waters for something? Sure. <laughs> he could be. You I mean running as a moderate dem for president? No, yeah. My my spidey senses are always up on these things where I'm always just like, huh. Because, I mean, look, if you look at a lot of the progressives that backed him, and there were a lot of them in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. They're not happy with this. No. They were like, you know, this. who is this guy that told me to vote for him because he would send his progressive ideals to Congress or whatever it is. But, like, I mean, just because he's got a common sense standpoint on Israel and the border... That shouldn't like automatically yeah, absolve him from being a progressive. It's not. It's not that. It's not that because you're right. He is on the right side of that. It's him saying, "I'm not a progressive." I know. It's his that's words. what you can you can be on the side of Israel and and not make the statement that you're not a progressive, mm-hmm. and it won't be as damning to the people that supported you as right. that statement is. Yep. So he he's a like. A, I don't know. Is he a politically savvy guy? I hate to say it. I don't, I, I'm giving him credit know. for coming to some common sense views post-stroke as he recovers. I'm not going to give him that much credit, though. Is he really smart enough to be positioning himself diabolically? I mean, again, he's he's still a freshman senator. Like, you know, he's a long ways away from, from running for something bigger, right? Yeah. And also, he's going to have to have some skins on the wall un- un- unless... Democrats are just like, you know what? Give me Fetterman. He he look he looks like the common folk because we know that's what Democrats vote on. They don't look at facts or policy victories. They look at you know all the feelings and things like that. So maybe you are right. Um, but then we got to get to this. Speaking of local politics, and you knew this would happen. You knew the Democrats would take advantage of this first, and this is why one of ten thousand reasons why Republican politicians always seem to fail. But Pennsylvania, and this is a local story as well. Pennsylvania congressional candidate Shemaine Daniels has taken advantage of something for the first time and beaten Republicans to the punch. So Pennsylvania congressional candidate Shemaine Daniels has a new campaign staffer. This is in the Philadelphia Inquirer, by the way. He's got a new campaign staffer named Ashley, who has made thousands of calls to voters. There's only one catch, though. Ashley isn't a real person. Oh, boy. Ashley is an artificial intelligence character, mm-hmm. and the companies that developed her say Daniel's campaign is the first in the world to use AI-powered interactive campaign calls customized to each recipient on the receiving end of the phone call. The robot's creators say they will soon offer the technology to more political candidates, a move that could shake up campaigning by streamlining voter outreach but would also bring concerns about the potential for ethical issues and misinformation. My my two biggest concerns over the last 10, 12 months when we've talked artificial intelligence is the, the rise of misinformation, trying to decipher what's real, what's not, what's misinformation, what's disinformation, specifically on social media with artificial intelligence. Like you just mentioned earlier in the first hour, how do we know that that Virgi- that that senator that was uh, you know having the uh, you know the sexual activity? The how, how do we know it wasn't you know AI? Right? You could be using that to smear somebody. Of course, it was real. We've we've learned that, but you know that could be the case. But why did I not? Why am I not shocked that a Democrat is taking advantage of this? Why is it that Republicans are always left holding their you know what, and they say? <laughs> We just can't. We just can't figure out. We, we it's just like 
Democrats are always, like, they're the leaders with TikTok. They take advantage of mail-in balloting. Republicans are always left looking at Democrats trying to play catch-up. And here with artificial intelligence, you, I guarantee you, they are going to use this system, they are going to use this software, and this, you know, artificial intelligence stuff, and they are going to be hitting so many people, they're going to be motoring through phone calls, and Republicans are probably just going to have some, you know, 48-year-old with a rotary phone, uh, you know, <laughs> and we'll just lose in that, in that regard, too. Are you surprised that it's a Democrat? Well, I am not. No, but if you, I mean... Look, we get all those spam calls all the time, too, that are automated. So what's the difference? You know, hello, this is so-and-so from, you know, name the company. Uh, Have you heard about our wonderful – I get them from Comcast. I get them from all the time. But but those are pre-recorded messages that are stock messages sent to 30,000 people. So this is According to this story, it's customized to the recipient. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the point. And I don't know if it's specific to this case yet, Yeah. but you're going to get to the point where you're going to be on the phone with this lady named Ashley, and you're going to actually have a real conversation with her. Not just like a stereotypical 30-second scripted message to Bob Smith in Montgomery County, but Bob Smith's going to actually be having a conversation with AI Ashley. It's actually genius. It really is. It really is. And Democrats are leading, uh, leading the charge in Pennsylvania here with that. They're saying that campaigns are already using AI behind the scenes with data analysis yep. of voting patterns, crafting the residential messages like with Ashley, mm-hmm. and then analyzing all the social media habits, yep. even um, even coming up with first drafts of speeches and campaign marketing. It's unbelievable. And, and look, we, we live in a day and age with data and information and technology. We have more information at our fingertips at the, at the touch of a button than we've ever had before. So the fact that somebody's doing this, I'm not surprised. You know, the more informed you are, the more information you collect, the more data you gather, the more you can target in on, you know, hone in on certain um, precincts, certain municipalities, uh, little pockets of voters over here. And I just know that the Democrats will take advantage of this and Republicans won't be figuring it out. And then I'm going to have to read an Athen Kutzerumba's story on how the GOP dropped the ball. And then I'm just going to want to throw my laptop. I think that the Republican strategy should be to recruit and get people working for campaigns and as well working on Election Day, Mm -hmm. but to do in-person canvassing and then make fun of, do ads making fun of the AI yeah, and and say, do this, make sure you do this. Great idea. Mm -hmm. And so that you ask them this because you'll throw off, you know, you'll throw off and then you know it's AI. They're, They're actually counting on a robot. Yep. To, and they, they think you're stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, and just do of, a counter proposal. Yeah, and that. speaking of canvassing for votes and getting people registered, I, I always forget the guy's name. He's got the really long hair. He travels the country. Scott Pressler. Scott, oh, Scott Pressler. Yeah. He was out in Pennsylvania the last three here. days at the gun show. Yeah. Yeah. He I, he got a bunch of new uh, people to, to register for R. So um, it's nice work out of him. It's kind of to the point you're talking about of, you know, being out there on the ground. So um, I don't want to. And yeah, I'm sorry. No, good. Good. No, it, I think you're exactly right, Nick, that Republicans, that's a strength to say, hey, we we're real people. <laughs> we're just like you. And we're going to the grocery store just like Nick Kale. You know, and spending 8% more. In so make it that we're personal, we're people. We're not relying on some some uh, computer program yeah. to try to sneak 
In other words, to try to call you and make you think that you're actually talking to a person. Yep. You know, th- I think that would be such a great campaign strategy. And we don't have sex in Senate hearing rooms. Well, I wouldn't. At I least would not. not on, at least not on tape. I, yeah, I wouldn't make that claim. If it's, from what I hear, yeah. there's a lot of craziness going on in you know in the halls in the hallowed halls yeah. of Congress. Remember three years ago when the Democrats <laughs> said the the adults were going to return to the White House? <laughs> yeah, they yeah they did. Yeah, they absolutely did. <laughs> How'd that go? That was a lie. That was a lie. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. The number America fatter and more depressed than ever. The details on the other side, but. Uh, I have a solution for your depression. Maybe not for your fat, but for the depression, go to Wawa. It always cheers me up. Every time I walk in there, grab a Gatorade or a Red Bull, a Sizzly or a coffee, I always walk out feeling a little bit better. And you can do Wawa holiday shopping in one of two ways. You can just go to uh, Wawa.com, pick one of their festive card designs, enter your card amount, write a message. You can choose to have your Wawa gift card, and uh, you can send it right to somebody's inbox instantly. Or you can schedule it to arrive at just the right moment. Like, you could literally detail it to say, hey, send it to Greg Stalker at 5 p.m. on December 23rd, and it shows up in his inbox. Or you could do it the old-fashioned way. Go to the local Wawa store in your neighborhood, get the gift card for the Wawa fan in your life, or for the fans of other brands like Amazon or Roblox. Get one for your favorite boss, your favorite aunt, or your uncle. Happy holidays from Wawa, your one-stop gift card shop. See store for details. This holiday season, all your wishes are coming true on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about getting in on the action or joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Tonight, the Eagles play uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Eagles are minus 164 for the money line. Plug $5 down, you can win 3 bucks, but you get two, you get 150 bucks, 150 bucks in bonus bets when the Eagles win. Then you can use that to bet on anything from spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. Go to FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHE and the NFL, 21 and over, President PA, first online real money wager, only $5 pregame money line wager required, $10 first deposit required, bonus issue does not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What's on the cut sheet coming up at 745 this morning? After the cut sheet on the back end in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, two stories in the world of sports that we will have to get into. As Megan Rapino claims that she had, quote, the worst job ever playing soccer for her country. Legitimately the worst job ever. And also, The Athletic, which is owned by the New York Times, now says it might be time to kick the national anthem to the curb at sporting events. We will get to those stories coming up. And then also, blame Gen Z, but uh, the United States military once again missing out on almost all of its recruiting goals in 2023. We'll get to that story as well. But I want to get to this story as uh, a Gallup study has revealed uh, the results of their new study that shows Americans are fatter and more depressed than ever due to COVID lockdowns. 
Now, we know the COVID-19 pandemic did a lot of things. There was a redistribution of wealth where, once again, the middle class was further decimated. The 1% made more money, and more of the middle class became part of the lower class. We know students in schools were denied their communication development skills, their mathematical skills, their reading skills, and, of course, people developed all sorts of dependencies and addictions during the pandemic because, believe it or not, as much as Americans like to say, don't bother me, I like being left alone, Americans really don't like isolation. We like interaction for the most part. But now we're finding out that Americans are fatter and more depressed than ever. Data from the CDC recently found that 22 states reported at least 35% of its adult population was obese in 2022. That number is up significantly from 2021 when only 19 states were obese. And the Gallup poll backs that up. After surveying people in August and September of this year, they found that an estimated 38.4% of the U.S. is struggling with obesity, up 6% from 2019. As if being obese wasn't bad enough, the poll also found that nearly one in five Americans are battling post-pandemic depression. That is 20% of Americans. And I've actually got this uh, Gallup chart in front of me. I don't know if the boys have it in the back, if they can put it up on YouTube or not, but if not, it's no biggie. Um, and they, they look at the changes in physical health metrics. Mm-hmm. They compare 2019 to 2023, so the year before the pandemic, and uh, let's call it a year and a half, two years removed from the pandemic. And there's a couple of different um, categories and then percentages. So in 2019, the question was asked, two or more days in the past month where you had poor health that prevented your usual activities in 2019 the amount of respondents responded at 31.3 percent yes in 2023 that's up to 35 percent that's a three and a half percent increase um the question then became do you feel active and productive every day in 2019 americans said yes 51 percent of the time Today, in 2023, that number is 43%, an 8% decline. Your physical health being near perfect. In 2019, 38% of Americans said, yep, I'm damn near in perfect health. In 2023, that dropped by 10%, down to 29%. And then feeling good about your physical appearance. In 2019, 38% of Americans said, yes, I feel good about my physical appearance. In 2023, that's down 10% as well to 28%. So when we talk about all the stories that we talk about, and I, I really think there's a big connection here between the people we see having breakdowns on TikTok, the mental health, the nonstop me, me, me on social media, I think the pa- the pandemic created not only this sense of isolation and desperateness, yes, but also all the trickle down effects. Like, I mean, you know, we're starting, and Don, we've talked about this a lot. You're going to start seeing these results. This data is going to come in in 23 and 24, and we might not even have the true picture until 2028 yeah. or 2030. But it's going to keep coming in, and we're going to see just how detrimental not just the pandemic was. 
for people that lost a life or dealt with COVID or whatever, but the 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 lockdown effect. Yeah. And it goes way beyond just your 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 bank account being affected. It's mental, it's physical, it's social, it's emotional, it's spiritual. Like the lockdown broke, I think, a lot of people from top to bottom. I think it did. And so ultimately, and I'm serious when I say this, there I believe there should be government accountability, but also we were damaged and our kids were damaged. I mean, seriously, we have a civil lawsuit here. Do you know what I'm saying with what we now know? Yeah. Any worker who was who was forced, and I have I have a girlfriend who left her medical job because she did not want to get the when it was emergency the COVID vaccine at the time for for her for multiple reasons and uh, she lost her job. How many firefighters, first responders, you know, it was a big issue in the military and the first responder, police, fire, etc. That was a huge issue. But all the women who, for example, you know, were having kids and were worried about that and little kids wearing the masks, mm-hmm. you know, all the mandates, all the all the um, all the strictest mandates in the nation. And, and we were victims. I mean, I'm going to say this, not not for nothing, but we we were victims of that. Yep. We were victims of our of our own government's overreach. It was almost like crimes against humanity for the most part. And it you, was, just, Nick. And just to point out the, the healthy aspect as well, we talked last week about healthy eating, and we talked about how Southwest Airlines is giving out uh, a second seat to fat people that can't get their butt in, in the first seat, so they get the second seat free. Healthy eating in the U.S., 2019 versus 2023, every age group has seen a percentage decline in their ability to eat healthy. 18 to 29, 30 to 44-year-old, 45 to 64 year old and 65 and older down 5%, 4%, 9%, 6%, 5% in the levels of which they ate healthy. And you know what that's a result of? You couldn't go to the grocery store or maybe yep. you could, but you had to deal with all these restrictions. And what became the convenient option during the pandemic? DoorDash. That's Uber, right. Uber Eats. And junk food. And junk food. Yeah, I'm just going to order a pizza. Oh, by the way, I don't want to get COVID. Just leave it on my doorstep, and I'll open up the door after you get back into your delivery car. Yep. Because for the most part, and I'm sure there are some exceptions out there, most of the time the food that you get delivered to your house is probably not the healthiest food for you. But uh, I You're exactly right. Yeah. And so ultimately think about that. And I'm not. this is not any of our nature to be like this, but when you really look back at everything that happened – you know, I think that anybody, even the influencer who you played, let's say, who's overweight, good for her. She's trying to travel. You know, she's getting out. Hopefully, she'll walk around, get some exercise, and just get healthier. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of, you know, the, the airlines. Some of the airlines are saying, hey, you know, we're just trying to get lo- We're trying to get people who are loyal to us. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, there's silence on this issue. And I think underlying, uh, there are a lot of people were angry they lost their livelihood they lost their business they took a huge hit maybe they got a divorce developed bad habits developed horrible habits that have ultimately now taken them you know given them a setback whatever that setback is whether you're a child adult business person etc and oh by the way too when you order all those delivery options they're not they're not cheap not cheap at all by the way have you tried to order a pizza lately oh yeah the cost of a pizza is before tip before driver fee, before the DoorDash Uber fee on top of it, yeah. like 32 bucks. Crazy. Might as well go get a filet mignon. 
855-839-1210. healthier. Number. It is healthier for you. That's coming from Stalker, by the way. Mr. Anti-Red Meat. Who, Stalker, mm. on Friday night, I believe mm. you had a little roast beef. Ah, uh, delicious. <laughs> Nick's roast beef down there on... on uh, there you go. Smell, I never... Second did, Street. Oh, oh, right. And who else... What else did... What other food did you eat other than Nick's? That Nick's roast it. beef, that smelled so good. I ate three roast beef sandwiches and like five wings. Three? And I Wait, had th- you had three well, sandwiches? Yeah. Well, they were little ones. They were little ones. Oh, yeah, they were like okay. little four-inchers. Right. Yeah, little four-inchers. I never got to eat because I was like... Drank a, bunch, drank a bunch of beer, Stalker got me. It was good. Nice. Yeah. All right, uh, 745 right on the dot. Let's get to a Monday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Monday's brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo. Now is a great time to go because they need to clear their lot. They're undergoing a state-of-the-art renovation, and they need to make room for construction vehicles. Take advantage of incredible sales and lease options. Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out over 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Don't forget to tell them you heard about them on Kale and Company. It a great Christmas gift, by the way. I agree. Here's a car. By the way, mm-hmm. if any of my family members are listening, here's you a get car. a car. You get a car. You get a car. I, I, I wasn't planning on starting here, but since you guys were just talking about that, I'm going to start here. I'm going to start at cut five here, Phil. Um, this is an influencer. Don brought up the influencers who, uh, who now can get an extra seat for free when flying on Southwest Airlines. My, my biggest problem with this is is that we are. You want people like this woman who is making this claim on TikTok and telling people how to, you know, get the free seat if they need it. Mm-hmm. She's she's morbidly obese. Yeah, morbidly obese. We're, and we're rewarding fat people. We are exactly. We we shouldn't look. I'm. I get it. You know what I mean. People struggle with weight. Everybody does. I could lose ten myself. Everybody does. I'm. I'm. I'm I'm very sympathetic to that. But we need to make it harder for these people, not easier. You know what I mean? Because if we make it easier and we make everything, uh, you know, oh, we can just do this and do this, yeah. then there's no incentive to want to lose weight. We live in a society that enables all the bad vices yes. that we should be railing against. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is uh, this is this this influencer on TikTok uh, telling travelers how to get an extra seat for free when se- when flying on Southwest Airlines. We went through this last week, um, uh, but this is her uh, showing people how to do it. Yes. Five guys go. Have you heard about the Southwest Airlines customer oh size policy and how plus size travelers who need more room can enormous. get a second seat for free she or reimburse the if they book it in advance? I'm going to go ahead and show you how you can book your second seat for comfort on Southwest Airlines website using their customer size policy. Now let's get right into this video and let me show you the step-by-step process to booking that second seat ahead of time. Click book a flight, then put in where you're leaving from and where you're headed to, and the dates, of course. The number of passengers will be two, since you're getting an extra seat for comfort. Then, from these list of options, choose the flights that you would like. Then, confirm that everything looks good and hit continue. Then, you're going to enter your personal details, your name, date of birth, gender, etc. Enter your email, and if you need special assistance. For your second seat, enter your first name, but in the middle name category, put your middle name followed by the letters XS or XS if you don't have a middle name. XS stands for extra seat. Now, review and purchase. And that's how you do it. XS also means um, how much she eats. <laughs> in excess. <laughs> I mean, could that video, could that tutorial for the tush go any quicker? 
I mean, if she was on the treadmill moving that fast, maybe she wouldn't have to actually get the extra seat for free. My well, God. Well, Sid Weiss brings up an extra brings up an excellent point on YouTube. Can I get uh, the extra seat if I identify as an obese person? I would love to have an extra seat. Oh, next that's to a me. good question. So, like, I could just be like, "Listen, I'm an obese person. Can you uh, give yeah. me?" Uh, technically, you know, since since at my height I should be like 170 pounds, mm-hmm. I would probably be obese. Well, since you can identify as anything you want in this society, and if anybody calls you out on it, you can yeah. claim that they're transphobic or homophobic. What if you just identify as two people? It's true. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to respect that, right? Yeah. Or else you can play the victim card and then sue Southwest Airlines. They're uh, getting a lot of praise over this, and apparently, so it they're not raising their prices, so. Hey, if they're if that's their company, I don't know strategy. Yeah, because they know that we have an obesity epidemic, and they want they want people to fly Southwest and feel like it's friendly, and maybe mm-hmm. this is their new. I don't know. Go go for it if that's your policy. So fat can fly free on Southwest. <laughs> yet I ask for a seatbelt on Frontier, and they want to throw me off. It's unbelievable. You asked for what? Like, yeah, it's Frontiers. I, I fly Frontier. You're lucky if you get a seatbelt or any cushioning or padding on your seat. It's like it's like it's like flying in a uh, a folding chair at the beach. I love Frontier. I think it's awful, but I do it because it saves me money. Yeah, <laughs> but they're efficient. They fly out of like Trenton. They yeah. fly out of the Lehigh Valley. Yep, exactly. You can tell Nick is a uh, lifelong radio guy because you're always you always operate like the bottom is going to mm-hmm. drop out at any moment. I do. So you 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 save your pennies. Which e- is even when I make good money, good I act like I don't. It's yeah. a very it's very smart of you. Save your pennies yeah. to spend your dollars. <laughs> it's a very smart of you. I'm a fiscal that. conservative. I am not like that um, <laughs> at all. But no, you you brought up a very good point about DoorDash and all that stuff. Yeah, it's convenient. It's great. Hey, I don't feel like doing that. Or you get groceries delivered to your house. You can do all of this now. We have just made it easier for people to not, I mean, whatever whatever exercise you get when you're uh, going up and down the aisles at Acme or Mm -hmm. wherever you're going, at least it's something. At least it's not sitting in front of the TV waiting for groceries to be delivered. And the same thing with this Frontier or um, Southwest Airline. It's it's just we're we're rewarding gluttony. Mm Mm-hmm. I can assure you, I will never have groceries delivered to my house. I wow, mean, that, that, that is never going to happen. It's very convenient. I, I love. I, you know, as painful as the exercise is, I still love going to the grocery store. You know that. Yeah. Okay. Just saying, it's just it's easier to. Is there an additional charge? I'm, I'm sure there has to be. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, I'm, a, I'm I'm already getting. I, yeah, I know you're gouged again. You're operating like uh, this show won't be here on. Tuesday. It's the mindset I have every day. Come in here and give it my all, because it could be my last, folks. I don't know. Um, And let's also continue with this. You guys brought up schools, right? Uh, Randy Weingarten was at a, I don't know what this Mm -hmm. is, it's some sort of a forum or something like that. She says that school vouchers are about undermining democracy. Okay, so choices undermine. Okay, gotcha. Cut one, guys, go. So if you listen to one thing that I say today... Remember this name, Christopher Rufo. Rufo and DeAngelis, by the way, Corey DeAngelis tweets or posts at me, like last year I think was, what was it, Asher, 5,000 times last year? Because it's all, ver- it's all signaling. It's like, it's all, and this is before Elon Musk bought Twitter. It's this, it's the divide, the divide, the divide, the divide, the divide. 
And if you hear it all the time, and this is what Trump did, you think, well, there must be something to it because they say it all the time. Divide, 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 divide. They have not one thing that they offer as a solution other than privatizing or voucherizing schools, which is about undermining democracy and undermining civil discourse and undermining pluralism, because 90% of our kids go to public schools still. They just divide, 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 divide. Mm -hmm. So what did Rufo say? Rufo, DeAngelis, DeVos, they're all connected. What did they say? He say? So I want to I want to take three words that she mentioned and break all of them down: signal, divide, and solution. Let's not talk about virtue signaling, Randy, who has been exposed, you know, publicly. I want to open up schools, yet her emails were exposed and showed mm-hmm. otherwise. That's number one. Divide. That's all identity politics does is divide. We were told identity politics was supposed to be about inclusion, right? Except. Identity politics, all it does is create exclusion, like at a Boston mayor party, where if you're an elected white official, you don't get to go to the holiday party with Michelle Wu. And then lastly, solution, no. School choice is a solution. It's a solution for parents who don't want the identity politics, that want you to focus on, oh, I don't know, reading, history, English, math, science, arithmetic, on down the list, and stop with all of the absurd pronoun gender identity obsession and oh by the way too it's not just about that school choice gives you the option to have a better education uh and don't correct me if i'm wrong it allows you to kind of leave the district that you're kind of penciled into and go out of your district if a better option is there and you can afford to send them to a certain school right yeah absolutely that you you then have some options because think about our schools here in philadelphia not just because we have a teacher shortage we have among the worst schools in the nation Mm -hmm. uh, as far as how they're rated. But then think about the asbestos issue yeah, and just the physicality of the building. Even if you have, I mean, uh, certainly the teachers who are here are working really hard, but it's an uphill battle. So, and then think about the violence that comes in the school that is, you know, comes from the streets and goes to the school. So a plethora of reasons, but I think that you can go to a, you can go to a charter school. You can go to a private school. It just gives you so many different options. When did options become a bad thing? Randy Weingarten's legitimately bummed out that people have more than one option today. Well, the re- you know, I think for Randy, the reason being really that she feels that a lot of the schools where these vouchers, you know, maybe you know, spent, if you will, are are taught by teachers who are not necessarily in the teachers' union. Mm. Yep. So it's all about the teachers' union. It always is. Yep, 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 yep. By the way, talking about dividing. I know. I mean, was there a more polarizing or dividing figure during the pandemic than her? No. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I just, and it wasn't, it wasn't government that was doing it. It was the, it was yeah. the parents who were just like, you, you know, this, this teachers' union has all like, they have all this power There's and they're so keeping much our kids power. home and, yeah. and, and we're, you know, we're, we're a year behind and they need to get these teachers back to freaking class. Mm-hmm. This lady's got a lot of, a lot of nerve. Yeah. She, she, you talk about unlikable figures over the last three years. She's right up there with Fauci and the rest. All right. We've been talking all morning about the, uh, the presidential motorcade that was sideswiped, uh, late last night. Well, we'll wait for us. I think it was 815, but that's late for us. Uh, late last night in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, we finally have the video of it happening. 
Um, what what you see here, by the way, go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT if you want to see the video. I know they also, the boys in the back also have some video that doesn't have sound. So after we roll this, if you guys kind of want to roll that B-roll footage, as they say in the business, uh, while we're talking, that would be great. Um, so a reporter asked Biden about losing to Trump in the polls. And as that happens, you can hear the, the car go, Crash. Uh, so I'm going to start with 15 here, guys. Go. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? Who said that? Oh, Where's <laughs> Jackie? And then you can see the Secret Service. They, they gather him, put him into the into his SUV. Mm-hmm. Boy, he gets in there slow. I know. Does everything <laughs> slow. I don't think you do anything fast when you're 81, yeah. especially when you're Joe Biden. Uh, so there you go. Let's let's watch it one more time for those people who tuned in just to see this. Yep. Uh, cut 15 again, guys. Go. Mr. President, why are you losing to Trump in the polls? You're looking at the wrong polls. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier. If, if we could throw, uh, I guess, do we have other angles and different uh, non-audio clips? It just seems to me, like, when I saw that, I are. mean, there's, yeah. I don't know, 10 or 12 that. people, a couple of SUVs. Yeah. I, unless I haven't seen enough motorcade. You know, it seemed like Hunter Biden had more protection with that motorcade a couple of months ago when Hunter Biden was making that trip oh, to yeah, a courthouse. Right. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't this kind of look like like a, a skeleton crew, like a Bones Bear production uh, uh, protecting Joe? Yeah, this is the raw, vi- uh, the raw video thing that you, you were talking about. You can see the... Yeah, you, you don't actually see the video, but the, you can see the Secret Service surrounding the yes. car, though. Right. Right? Yeah, like this guy's dead man walking if he doesn't put his hands up. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean... <laughs> if you're like... And we have no idea the yeah. condition of this right. person. But if you are under the influence or something like that, and you yeah. see... All of a sudden, you're like, what happened? And then all of a sudden, you see a bunch of guys with guns drawn, and you're mm-hmm. like, is this a bad acid trip? Or yeah. Yeah. What am like, I doing? What's that, that, that'll what's scare, that'll scare you sober real it will. quick, won't yeah. it? It will. Now, from, from everything we gather, we don't know that this was technically... Uh, a DUI, and we have no uh, no, no, no reports no. that this was intentional either. No, they're saying that it appears it was not intentional. Right. It may possibly. Like, apparently, they're doing some toxicology. That's a that's a question that we're raising. Right. We don't have the answers to all of this, but by all accounts, this was not in any way a targeted attack or was, of any sort. It was just some somebody coming home. Uh, and it's sli- rain slicked roads, yeah, heavy yep, rain. Yeah. I'm speculating, yeah. but in my mind, it's somebody coming home from like a Christmas party, like do 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 do. Whoops! I mean, obviously, obviously, the person they were trying to get through mm-hmm. maybe didn't realize the intersection was shut down there because everything shut down due to the president, and then they slid, yeah, yep. and then slammed into look, look, a com- government vehicle. Coming in this morning with the rain mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, mm-hmm. the, and the and the ponding roads, it was horrendous. So, like, I can only imagine. Uh, you know what it was like. You have to be careful out there. Oh yeah. But <laughs> what luck, right? It's I like know. you could have. I mean, you don't wish an accident on anything, but you could have crashed into anybody. Yeah. <laughs> you crashed into the president of the United oh States. My gosh. And probably, oh, lo- probably lost in all of this. Is Joe had no idea what was going on. 
<laughs> yeah, Joe didn't know if the ice cream truck swerved <laughs> off the road or if it was a hit and run. He had well, no idea. I I would like to make the point that the Secret Service, and God bless them for what they do, because they do, no matter what your thoughts are on whatever president it is, like they're doing yeah. they're doing our country a service by what you know, putting their lives on the line for our president. But <laughs> they could have moved them a little quicker. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, you can only move a fossil so fast. <laughs> you know, dude's eighty-one. My God, I get you. you know, pop a hip or something. I get you. But pop a hip. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's go to. What do you want to do here? Uh, let's go to politics, shall we? Chris Christie. Ah, oh, jeez. Sloppy Chris Christie he was in New Hampshire over the weekend, and he says. That if he wins the New Hampshire GOP primary, he will be the nominee. The nominee of what? <laughs> CEO of Costco? What are we talking about here? He will be the nominee of the GOP. Ah, yeah, DeSantis wins Iowa. Okay. Um, by the way, if you're watching right now on YouTube, you can see the you can see the the uh, the room that he's in. There, there's probably maybe thirty five people. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's 10 more than Dylan Mulvaney had at Penn State. Oh, uh, boy. Um, okay, so this is cut to Chris Christie. If I win the GOP primary, the New Hampshire GOP primary, I will be the nominee. Cut to go. You have the chance to come out here and meet all of us and judge us by looking us in the eye and listening to us. And then don't go try to figure out who's going to win. Decide who you want to win. And then go and make that happen for that person because I will tell you this. If I win the primary here in New Hampshire, and it's going to come down to me, Donald Trump, and Nikki Haley. That's what's going to come down to me. I win this primary, I'm going to be the nominee. If I'm the nominee, I will beat Joe Biden. And then we're going to go to a whole new era in our politics in this country. And there'll be four words ringing in my head when I take the oath of office on January 20th of 2025. Thank you, New Hampshire. Yeah, thank you, New Hampshire doesn't ring as well as Make America Great Again, but if that's his slogan, <laughs> knock himself out. By the way, there's more people at the Odyssey sales meeting on Tuesdays <laughs> than there are at a Chris Christie yes. convention. Uh, I don't true. know where that was. That looked like he was in like some boardroom in some office on the like, fourth floor of a high-rise. Um, yeah, if he wants to keep, you know, of all the people that are running for office, there's nobody more delusional than this guy. I know. And I know they have to sell this, the the perception that they believe now, I think Trump can beat Biden. I think DeSantis could beat Biden. I think Haley could beat Biden. I don't think Christie could beat Biden. I, I mean, I really don't. Like, he's not going to get the chance, so it's a moot point anyway. Oh, I disagree with that. I, you you yeah, think he would? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do. I do. Well, I do. I do. I think, Chris I, I Christie think, is, yes. yeah, is, as a moderate, mm-hmm. if you want to have that argument, yep. he would, because he would win over. You think he'd he win would, over moderate Dems? Yep. Chris Christie would. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because think about it. He had to win New Jersey. Yeah. Yep. It's true. So he's 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 a very moderate so-called conservative. So you think he would win New Jersey? <clears throat> oh, win New no. Jersey? No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. I, I meant say, he was he governor. he didn't leave New Jersey very popular. No, I meant he, w- he was governor of New yeah. Jersey. Yeah, right, right, right now, right. not so popular. Yeah. But a yeah. very blue New Jersey, yeah. Yeah. But I think that, I, I actually think that, he 
he would beat Biden. Yeah, I do too. In do, a general. Do you think Christie gets a second seat for free on Southwest? <laughs> I mean, it's a good question. I mean, we should go back and freeze frame him standing there in that. Uh, we have that video of him. Um, that's that right. Photo of him. In the, asleep yeah. on the flight. Asleep on the flight. <laughs> Did he have two chairs? I, he could. He. I don't know. He had to be in first class. Yeah, right? yeah, and those, there's no and, way he fits in coach, and those seats are a little bigger too. So. Yeah, I think he's lost weight. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you think I he's didn't. on? You think he's on Ozempic? Maybe he's changed way, his hair. He looks, he looks the best. Chris Christie looks the best I've ever seen him. By the way, apropos of absolutely nothing, I was reading uh, a New York Times article over the weekend by Jennifer Weiner, uh, who wrote was From writing here. Yeah, was writing about Oprah. Oprah admitted that she was she took some weight loss drugs. Yes, Oprah looks amazing. She's always had battles with weight throughout like yes. 30 40 years. Yeah. Here, here's my question. Ever since I can remember Oprah in the 80s when she had that TV show. Yeah. She has been she has every diet fad that has come down the pipe. Yeah. yeah. She has done. Oh yeah, she was on Jenny Craig and all this other crap. And she literally just threw up her hands and said, "Well, I guess a pill is what's No, that's what not what take. she I actually read the article. She, because she's a Weight Watchers spokesperson, so she said that she did it, she still is on the Weight Watchers, but she said, yes, that she, she's taking medication mm. because she, because of multiple diagnoses, because she's... Well, does she have a thyroid issue? Isn't she almost 70? I forget how she old is she is. She is but 70, she looks, yeah. but she said that because of the doctor's diagnosis, yes, she took medication, but you can't just rely on medication alone. She said she's doing the Weight Watchers and the counting of everything mm-hmm. at the calories and so on. And she actually gave a, a really honest, responsible, you know, I think, response. Because I think a lot of these stars are like, oh, well, I'm just drinking more water. Right. Which is annoying. Yeah, she, which is also a lot. Be lie. honest. Yeah. yeah, just be honest if you're on a med- Just And by the way, if people just say I'm on a medication, that's okay, too. If they don't want to say what they're on. Mm-hmm. By the way, she, in my opinion, I think she has a stake in the Ozempic. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, what else would she be? I mean, she 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 bought a ten percent share in Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know what I mean? She knows her influence. Oh, of course. She knows if she says something, people are going to go out and do it. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? Hey, I'm going to mention yeah. this weight loss drug. Why wouldn't you buy? You know, ten percent of the stock. She can afford it. Do you think if she ran for president, she would win? No. You don't think so? No. Okay. Um, all right. Speaking of Chris Christie, so he he's all in on New Hampshire. He's look, if I win New Hampshire, I'm going to be the nominee. I'm going to disagree on that statement, Greg. What? I think if Oprah ran uh, to say that I am a private, I'm a capitalist, I'm a private industry yeah. success story, and she, she really wants, I don't think she wants it, but no, I no. think if she did... I think that she would have a better chance than you give her. I agree. I totally agree. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not wet into that idea. I, yeah. I haven't really given like, too much thought of if Oprah could win or yeah, not. Yeah, it's too much of a hypothetical. I know. It, it was, is. It was my id coming out. By the way, whatever happened to the talk show? Like, remember we had Oprah and that Phil? Was, that was big in the late 80s. And Maury. Early to mid 90s. Yeah. Do, I, do any of them of, still exist? Yeah, they. Yeah, there's a few of them that are still out there. Um, yeah, Ricky Lake. Yeah, there. I yeah, there was a ton of them. Springer, and Jerry Springer, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the late '80s, it was. Oh like, yeah, it was Phil, Phil Donahue versus Oprah. Phil Donahue actually invented that 
type of talk really? show host. Oprah just perfected it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. She she actually ripped him off, but she did it better. Okay. So, um, all right, getting back to politics here. Chris Christie said he's all in on New Hampshire. If he wins New Hampshire, he will be the nominee. On P- on PBS's NewsHour on a Friday night, David Brooks, New York, New York Times columnist, said Christie should drop out <laughs> <laughs> to give Haley a shot in New Hampshire. This is cut three guys go. Uh, you know, I think it would be useful for Chris Christie to drop out right now. Uh, and give Nikki Haley some kind of shot in New Hampshire. Um, and it's just, somebody pointed out, it's a rerun of 2016. The other Republicans are not attacking him. They're not dropping out. It's all the collective action problems we saw in 2016. And it's just a rerun. They've learned nothing. It's a collective seconds. action problem. Politicians um, don't win if they drop out. And they're worrying about themselves first. And, and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> Ruth Marcus, David Brooks, always good to see you both. Yeah, and politicians also don't win when they're getting beat by 40, 50, or 60 <laughs> points either. I mean, we've got, what, we're sitting here on December 18th. We have two primaries coming up, January 10th and January 21st, even though the RNC will not officially acknowledge either one. CNN and ABC will still conduct these Republican primaries. I mean, I've got to imagine, is, like... Somebody's going to drop out of one of those two, right? Like, as soon as those two wrap up by the third week of January, somebody has to say, I'm officially suspending my campaign? Yeah, I... Th- I, I, I mean, thought, how do you stick around at 5%? I thought it was going to be Christie, but it... Uh, does, he, does he drop out before DeSantis? Does he drop out before Vivek? Hmm. It it depends on money because remember Vivek has the he's a billionaire yeah so it's a business decision and he also told Van Jones to go f himself over the weekend <laughs> one of the greatest sound I officially love Vivek again for him blasting <laughs> CNN's Van Jones well do you think that that is do you think he's uh, do you think uh, all right here's here's a question does Ron DeSantis drop out before Chris Christie no. Because it looks like, from all the polling, that it, sh- it looks like Trump is going to run away with Iowa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, again, I told you, we, 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 we said this three weeks ago on the show. When DeSantis got the endorsement of Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, we're like, well, you're bragging about that? Like, like Iowa doesn't carry that kind of weight. They're all, they're all of this delusional belief that, that, that they're somehow going to stick around long enough to have this indent into the lead of Trump. And it's not going to happen. And I genuinely think inside of their minds that they really, like, I think I think Nikki Haley thinks that she can actually do this. I think yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy has carved out a lane that he thinks, like, I don't think they're just selling you on whatever it is they're trying to, you know, pawn off on you. I think they, they, these four are actually delusional enough to believe that they can beat Trump. And I don't see where that's coming from. No, and even they can't argue that, well, we're going to do better head-to-head with Biden because that of that latest, that Wall Street Journal poll that just came out over the weekend and puts Trump ahead of Biden by what, four four percentage points? Four points, yeah, 47, 47 to 43. So they can't even say, and, and the other one as far as the GOP, that has widened with if you if you believe these polls. So, you know, at some point, I've, I do think that it would be DeSantis first before the others because I think DeSantis is actually more in touch with reality. Well, his and uh, he has a current job to go back to. That's true. The head of one of his super PACs just dropped out yeah. over the weekend. Mm-hmm. 
or resigned yep. or whatever. Boy, if you would have told me in, I don't know, February of 2023 that Ron DeSantis <laughs> would quit before Haley, Ramaswamy, and Christie, I would have said, I'll, I'll take that bet all day. How much you want to lose? Well, there was also an evangelical leader uh, in Iowa over the weekend who says you can't believe the polls, and he believes that uh, Ron DeSantis will win Iowa. I don't believe that, no. but sure. Okay. Let's uh, whatever you want to yeah, think. Let's go down that. Let's go down that road. Okay. Speaking of Chris Christie and Nikki Haley, uh, we played last week how Nikki Haley said that she, she believes that Trump is fit to be president because we remember that during the uh, GOP primary debate, uh, she said that uh, Chris Christie, even though he came to her defense. Uh, in that last debate, said that Nikki Haley should be ashamed of herself for saying Trump is fit to be president. Uh, this is cut 11, guys, go. I want you to take a listen to something else that Donald Trump said about immigrants last night. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world they're coming into our country from africa from asia all over the world they're pouring into our country south america africa asia immigrants poisoning the blood of our country the words of the leading republican presidential candidate your response he's disgusting (laughs) and what he's doing is dog whistling to americans who feel absolutely under stress and strain from the economy and from the conflicts around the world and he's dog whistling it to blame it on people from areas that don't look like us and look jake the other problem with this is the republicans who are saying this is okay um almost 100 members of congress who've endorsed him nikki haley who this week said he is fit to be president you're telling me that someone who says that uh, immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country, someone who, who who says Vladimir Putin is a character witness, is fit to be president of the United States, was the right president at the right time, Nikki Haley should be ashamed of herself. And she's part of the problem because she's enabling him. She's enabling him by saying to people, it's okay. Let me be really clear. I'm in this race to let people know it's not okay. It's not okay for an American president to be saying these things. And she should be ashamed of herself. These members of Congress who just sit there and compliantly nod their head like a dog in the back of a, of a car, just nodding away um, when he says all these things because all they care about is their own political future and their own primary in their own district. This is why American leadership is falling down. This is why I'm in the race to stay. Um, and we're going to take Donald Trump out by telling the truth because the truth matters. Why is it, I always try to look at things from a common sense standpoint, why is it considered toxic or uh, out of line to say that you do not want people in the United States illegally that don't belong here? So, like, why is that such a controversial stance from the left or even from somebody like moderate rhino Chris Christie? Do you want anybody in your house that walks into your house illegally, that doesn't have the right to be there? The answer is no. If you own a restaurant and you close and it's after hours and somebody enters your restaurant illegally, are you out of line by saying, sir, you're not supposed to be here? Please leave. So why is that any different with the southern border and the United States? I'm all for legal migration. 
I mean, I'm all for hundreds and hundreds of years of people coming here. That's what makes America a cool place. But go about it the right way. Be vetted. Do the paperwork. Wait your turn. And then come in. That's all. That's not a controversial stance. And the fact that a Republican like Chris Christie, who knows our border is broken, is saying that is kind of embarrassing. The A lot of the mainstream stations, and I'm quoting here, are saying that in Chapter 10, in Hitler's Mein Kampf, Hitler wrote, and so the poison was allowed to enter the national bloodstream and infect public life without government taking any effectual measures, etc., in another Mein Kampf chapter, Mein Kampf chapter, he wrote about a poisonous fluid injected into the bloodstream of this once heroic body, meaning Germany, bringing about a creeping paralysis that affected the reason and the elementary instinct of self-preservation. So what they're saying is that this is a uh, dog whistle for Hitler-esque statements. That's what's widely being reported you know it's poisoning the united states through the southern border fentanyl how about that but that's not what he said okay i don't i have no idea i've never heard that that expression poisoning the blood neither have i but to me it it was like when he's you know i'd seen the speech over the weekend mm-hmm. and i was like what why did he say poisoning the blood so so is this a open mouth insert foot mistake from Trump? Is that what you're no, saying? I mean, I think if you support him, you don't think that he's trying to quote Hitler and maybe it's some statement. I don't know. I've never heard that poisoning, yeah. poisoning our blood because because of the mental institutions or because of fentanyl. I, I have no idea, Nick. I just look at it's the just general, like a weird wording. I just look at the general point. He's talking about people yeah. like I've said for months on this show. Everybody throughout the planet knows that the southern border is wide open. It's like it's not just people from South America that are flooding our southern border. It's people from eight, like Trump said. I mean, we've had didn't we just nail a Iranian terrorist uh, terrorist suspect through the southern border? Haven't we seen the lines at the southern border of military age men from Asian countries? Yes. I mean, we have basically advertised on billboards across every continent. Wide open. Come on through. My only point about this, I mean, locally, we have that crime ring and, you know, hopefully we'll have some update, more updates today. But some of the supposedly some of these individuals coming here illegally uh, wanted for murder back in their home countries yes. and armed burglary and all these other charges. So I guess here's what I would say in a campaign speech. Why use any statement like that? wording like that that just can mm-hmm. become an incendiary device why give him because any not, ammunition because nothing nothing he says really affects him i mean when he started off in 2015 and he came down the elevator and he made that that um that speech he he called mexicans rapists or something like that and i know he didn't actually call them that but that's how the media reported it mm-hmm. It, it didn't hurt him mm-hmm. at all. I think when it comes to immigration and illegal immigration, yeah, I would say that that is a poor choice of words for him. But I think the sentiment is there for a lot of Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that that sentiment resonates with a lot of people. Cool. So I don't think that in all the things, in all the stuff that he says that I think is like, oh, boy, that's uh, that's uh, that, that could hurt him. That is not one of them. Because the same people that don't 
don't like what he said or is comparing him to Hitler or whatever like that, weren't going to vote for him anyway. Right. And and to your point, it I think you're exactly right. But we have we have elections that are that are only really decided by a sliver of the country. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know why feed, you know, why feed into their fire. But on the other hand, I absolutely infer what Nick said. I infer that when he's saying poisoning the blood, he means literally with fentanyl. You know what I mean? And and, and all of the he means literally and figuratively. Yeah. But I think he's referring to the drugs. That's what I inferred from that. I was kind of surprised when. The meat, the mainstream media, if you look everywhere, it's poison the blood, Hitler, mm-hmm. he's invoking Hitler. Now, by the way, Hitler never used those words, and even Snopes, I looked up on there, even they, all the fact-checking services admit that Hitler used the words poisonous or bloodstream, but never used that phrase. Yeah. So the media is concocting this. Yeah, I, and again, this this is about protecting our southern border. So I, I would like to ask all these politicians, regardless of whether they have a D or an R in front of their names, why are we more concerned about the Ukrainian border and the Israeli border yeah. than our southern border? Thank you. With all due respect to Ukrainians or to Jewish people or to Palestinian people, uh, I'm not even going to include the Russians. The hell with them. Uh, but why do we can we? We're more focused right now on two borders that have nothing to do with our country. Yet our southern border is like a sieve right now. It's like I yeah. I took out the strainer last night when I boiled my pasta. Let's shake it. Out comes all the stuff. It's like can we can we just worry about our own stuff? We have enough issues in our own country right now. Yeah, and the it's stuff, so frustrating. The stuff that is poisoning our kids and our citizens is. Uh, uh, the fentanyl that's coming across the border. So yeah. he is not. Look, he, you know, I, he knows exactly what he's saying. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's 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 saying stuff to get headlines. He knows it's going to be talked about. He knows people are going to debate it. Um, so like, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on. And, and and by the way, the the media falling right into the trap of him of saying like Hitler esque. Look at this. He wants to be a dictator and Hitler. So it's the same, like, this is just a replay. It, I, I just, it's like, it's like a doom loop. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just on this <laughs> doom, doom loop, loop. <laughs> of, of, of 2016 and the media just saying, like, democracy's on the ballot and Trump is a dictator and he's going to be a dictator and Hitler and this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, I, I don't know, if he was, if he was going to be Hitler, wouldn't he have done it in the first four years? Yeah. But he, yeah. He, Thank you. He was here. I Seems mean, like the he's Democrats. He's for the second, yeah. the second term when he's going to be 80 years old. Seems like the Democrats, to me, are more, uh, more Hitler-esque. Than, than Trump is these days. <laughs> Just and, and exhibit A, I give you progressive squad Dems. Yep, they, they they they're the ones channeling Hitler, not Donald Trump. Uh, five weeks until the first in the nation New Hampshire primary. Uh, everybody seems to because yes, we know the caucus of Iowa. Everybody, yeah, but the first. Uh, primary will actually be in New Hampshire. John Carl sat down with Chris Sununu and uh, Nikki Haley on a, on this week, um, ABC This Week, and was discussing the GOP primaries. Uh, this is Cut 16. Go. I've got one more question for you. Uh, I heard the governor say, when you win New Hampshire, yeah. are you going to win New Hampshire? My goal is to be strong in Iowa, strong in New Hampshire, strong in South Carolina. But you, you, you need to win go. somewhere, right? I mean, what... <laughs> I mean, you're saying that. What I'm saying is, why don't we try and do the best we can in every state and let the people decide which way this goes? 
I think I'm going to be strong in Iowa. I think I'm going to be strong in, in New Hampshire. I think we're going to be strong in South Carolina, and I think we're going to take it. And we're not settling for anything else. And you can be more direct about New Hampshire. Oh, it's an absolute win. No, it's a, it's a win and a reset button. If everyone that could vote in the primary comes out and this votes, new not only she's going to win in a landslide, and, and that's not an exaggeration. So you're going to see you a record. bar for you here. No, it's, it's not an expectation. He knows his state better than I do. It's not an expectation. It's people getting excited. It's exciting. We can feel it on the ground. We're going to do this. Our thanks to Nikki Haley and Chris New. Yeah, we're going to do this. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I'll tell you what. Um, it, now, this is, you know, two separate things. Polls versus... Um, I guess, reaction on social media. The polls continue to show that Nikki Haley is doing relatively well. We've seen her in that one head-to-head matchup with Biden where she wins going away. She's become arguably the second best in polling, not named um, Donald Trump. But boy, when you look on social media, conservatives, they are out on Nikki Haley. Those that... I think like a lot of the the Trump base that wants nothing to do mm-hmm. with career politicians, they look at her and they say, you know what, she's just Hillary Clinton with an R. Yep. And it's a really, I, I think what you have right now is you have Trump, the leading guy by far, and the one person who kind of has that same bravado, and that's Vivek. The two outsiders, the two people that are willing to say whatever the hell they want, and they don't care the reaction. And then as you kind of move inward towards the middle, you have Christy and Nikki that feel like establishment swampers. And then you have Mustard, Mr. Mustard out there doing whatever he's doing. There's like three different things going on here. There's like the Trump and Vivek group. There's the Nikki and the Christy group. And then there's the Sanctus. That's the way I kind of that's the feel I have with who's accepted by what faction of the Republican Party. So if you look at New Hampshire, if you look at the New Hampshire polls right now, and you look at Trump's lead, and then you look at Nikki Haley and Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis, if if they all, if three of them dropped out, and they all and all those votes theoretically went for whoever the nominee is, not Trump, Nikki Haley or whoever, it, it does, like, it does even the playing field a lot more. In mm-hmm. New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, could this be a could this be a question of, okay, when we narrow the field down to one person against Trump, will will the polls even out a little bit more? I don't I don't think so. But nothing sizable of note. I think that to be honest with you, I think that that is what they are all betting on. I think that they're all betting. They're all kind of like hanging on to to a big building, their fingers are slipping, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting for somebody to fall first. And, and this is all without Trump not even participating. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Imagine yeah. what the polling numbers would look like if Trump showed up. Yeah, I don't think they would go down. I don't think people would see Trump get exposed by Nikki Haley or Chris Christie. I think they would actually widen, which is almost impossible to fathom because he's got forty, fifty, sixty point leads. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, of Donald Trump, Nikki, uh, Nikki Haley was asked by John Carl about Trump. <laughs> it, I, it sounds like she's tired of talking about Trump. No, you shouldn't uh, have ran them. <laughs> <laughs> cut. This is cut 18 guys go. I mean, he's running on retribution. He wants to go out and he talks about annihilating his enemies and using the criminal justice system to do so. What, what do you, 
What do you think of that? You guys are exhausting. You're exhausting in your obsession with him. The thing is, the normal people aren't obsessed with Trump like you guys are. The normal people care about the fact that they can't afford things. They feel like their freedoms are being taken away. They think government's too big. I know y'all want to talk about every single word he says and every single tweet he does. That's exactly why we need a new generational leader. Because people don't want to hear about every word a person says or every tweet. They want to know how you fought for them that day. And they want to know how their life is going to be different. And life would be a whole lot different if the media would stop this obsession with Trump. I mean, I was just asking you about his central campaign theme, which is, I want, you know, I am your retribution. And he's winning in the polls. That's why I'm asking. Well, it's if I could, obsession. you know, one I'm thing, asking about the yeah. leading candidate the year. He does everything he can that. not to talk about issues. Yeah. He almost acts like he wasn't there, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about building the wall and securing the southern border because he didn't do it. He doesn't want to talk about fiscal responsibility because he made a hard promise that he would do it in that debate. I'm going to be the most fiscally responsible president this country's ever seen. He said he balanced the budget. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even try to balance the budget. And, you know, the thing that for someone in New Hampshire where, you know, it's not about big government, we love the idea that he was going to drain the swamp. That was an amazing opportunity. Didn't even try. I mean, literally didn't even try. So if he talks about those issues, he has to kind of own those failures. So he's always going to talk about retribution and just kind of try to spur something up. And if you want to talk about Trump, if you really want to talk about Trump, why don't you go ask him if he's going to get on a debate stage in Iowa where Iowa's voting? Why don't you go ask him if he's going to get on a debate stage in New Hampshire yeah, no, where Granite good. Staters are voting? That's what you should be asking as the media, not asking about what he happened to say today. I, I can't stand Nikki Haley, but her answer there, she knocked that out of the park. I, yeah. I, I think it really chaps all of their keisters that Trump won't show up to debate and still has these types of leads that he does. But I do think she makes a valid point when you talk about, and there's three different things here. There's the Trump obsession, which she says is media-based, with retribution and payback and everything you did, I'm going to do it ten times worse to you. Then there's the second element of the infatuation with going after Biden, whether it's Joe or Hunter or the family. But then the third issue is probably the most important one, but it doesn't garner the sizzle and the attention that it deserves, and that is the everyday issues plaguing Americans. And ultimately, that's what matters. See, it's, this, is, this goes back to what I said with, if you want policy victory and you want just nuts and bolts execution delivering on what you say you're going to do, then your choice is DeSantis. I've said that from day one. Now, that's not to say that Trump can't get victories, and, and I mean, Trump achieved a lot the first three years. But there's the sizzle factor, the salacious headline stuff, and that is what Trump and Biden bring to the table. So that's what you have to ask yourself as a voter. I can't tell people what to do, you know, but if you want the payback and you think Trump is electable, then Trump's your guy. And you're not going to talk a a diehard Trump person out of that. So it's it's a losing endeavor. He almost sounded offended that Nikki Haley went after him. Like... Trump has said, I am your retribution, and that message has resonated because I think there are a lot of people in the Republican base that are Trump supporters that do want retribution. And it's not him winning the election. It's, I want my free speech back. I want the lockdowns. I want everything that was taken away from me during the pandemic. I want that back. It's almost like in a civil case where you are filing a lawsuit because you want to be whole again. I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like if Trump is reelected, and maybe that's just a sad way to look at your life, that you feel like you're whole again, but there's a lot of these things that Biden put into play that have impacted the lives of everyday Americans. So I, I, don't, I don't belittle them for that. 
I also have to say to like Nikki Haley, it, it, she's she gave a very good answer on that. She, I'm going to play a clip here where she gives another very good answer. Um, she needs to stop doing these interviews with these men next to her that kind yeah. of bail her out, yep. like Chris Christie does. It's just it feeds into that stereotype, right? And I'm I'm just I'm saying this as an observer. I have no skin in the game. She can yeah. do what she wants, but I'm I'm just saying that from from an observer, yeah. you know, Chris Christie came to her aid at the debate. Sununu now is like, well, she what she actually meant was this, mm-hmm. and what she and it, it just doesn't. It, like, You're right. She needs to stand there and and be forceful and show that like you know she's not a sh- shrinking violet. But right? these are two different settings, though. Keep in mind in this setting here in this interview, Chris Christie or Chris Christie, Nikki Haley is a guest in Sununu's own state. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like he's endorsing her, whereas Chris Christie was literally competing against her on a debate stage and came to her rescue. Yeah, two different contexts. I. I I don't disagree, and I was actually hoping Don would back me up on this so I don't sound like a sexist pig. But but <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying, right, Don? Yeah, we. I mean, I I said it, and I wasn't the only one. But but I think a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of women, especially in the last debate, say that in fact you you may have thought that Chris Christie was being chivalrous to come to her aid. I think that it was a little more cynical as well. Because it, you want the look of if you're running for the job, you're going for the job of commander in chief, and you would be the first woman in that job. You want to look the part as commander in chief. You don't want to look like, oh my Betsy's, oh heaven to Betsy's, come and let me get my hanky out and wave it so you can come to my defense. And so I thank you. So was that your damsel in distress yeah. voice? Oh pretty heaven good. to Betsy's, I like it. I like help it. me. Help me, won't you, big, big old Chris Christie? With your, <laughs> with your big with old your sloppy, sweaty, with your sweaty sloppy self, and your front pouch. So, oh. <laughs> but sloppy no, I mean, Chris Christie. Uh, but I, I just think, in truth, she needs. You know, come on, look the part. You're yep. tough. You're a tough individual. You you have run a state. You have those executive skills. You're you know, you're in your you're in the game. So own it and knock them back and have those one liners. Ready. Don't just let Chris Christie go on and defend you like you're some weak, weaker individual. By the way, right now up on the YouTube chat, uh, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT, if you want to see this or vote on it, who will drop out first? The choices are Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Vivek, or Ron DeSantis. Right now, Chris Christie uh, running away with it <laughs> at 70%. I, um, I tally my vote. My vote is Ron DeSantis. So, I don't know. <sighs> I'm going to go uh, Vivek. Vivek will drop out first, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening. By the way, this is the only time Ron, uh, Chris Christie's been running away with anything. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, one more clip from uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, of course, she's asked about the Kate Cox abortion issue that happened in uh, Texas. And I think her response on this is the best one that I've heard a GOP candidate give. And, um, uh, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But this is cut 17, guys. Go. We had the Texas Supreme Court uh, abortion case, really a kind of a tragic case. Kate Cox, the Supreme Court, uh, ruled that she could not have an abortion, even though her doctor said uh, that her health was in danger. It might jeopardize her ability to have children in the future, uh, that the baby, that the fetus was almost certainly not going to survive. 
Um, did you do you disagree with that decision by the Texas Supreme Court? Well, I think that it is the right thing that unelected justices no longer decide this, and it's in the hands of the people. I appreciate that Texas went more on the pro-life side. But as we go through this, listen, my heart broke for her because I had trouble having my children. These, the states are now going to have to look at these because what we don't want to see is a woman with a rare condition having to carry a baby until term. But let me just ask you just really directly, do you think the Supreme Court in Texas made the wrong decision? Chris Christie has come out and said it was the wrong decision, and he's criticized you for not giving a direct answer. Can you give a direct answer now? I mean, the Supreme the Court decision? said what, that the law that the state put was, was the one that they had to follow, right? The Supreme Court said that she could not have the abortion. That was the rule. Right. So that's when a state corrects itself and says, how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? We tweak things all the time as so governors. So it was the right decision by the court? Well, the court had to follow the law. Mm -hmm. The law said that she couldn't have the abortion. Now it's up to the legislature in Texas to say, how do we make sure there are no more cases that go through that? That's what you look at. As a governor, you don't just say this is golden. As a governor, when something happens that churns your stomach, that says that's not what this was intended to be, you go back and say, okay, what do we do to make sure that, the, that we are saving as many babies as possible, but also supporting as many moms as possible? It's not as cut and dry as everybody wants, but states will self-correct to this. That's what they do. But if, yeah, I think, I think, Nikki, I think Nikki Haley continues to have kind of the best measured responses yep, on this topic she does. of any GOP mm -hmm. uh, candidate. and. I don't know, maybe it's because she's the smartest in the room, maybe it's because she's a female, maybe it's a combination of both. Um, the Hill has an article out called How the Supreme Court Could Restrict uh, Access to Abortion Pills. Uh, I guess that's going to be coming up in June, yeah, almost uh, two years than, removed from Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and understand that more than half of all the count of abortions, when mm -hmm. they say that, more than half. Are, and, and we don't even have all the numbers, truthfully, because I guess you can get it from Fran from other countries, Canada, France, etc. But m well over half are through the mail or, or and or the pill, mm -hmm. not an actual surgical like invasive procedure. Yeah. I would just say this: that it's a huge ruling, but the case, the case itself, what they're saying in the case is that the the government did not do due diligence in in investigating and following up on pill the pill on, on this particular pill unless there was a death. And so what they're accusing the government of is is kind of letting things go and not forcing the pharmaceutical to to hone in on this medication. Mm -hmm. And to so the the whole point and that's what concerns me because that's the, if you read the case, the case is actually saying, in, in, you know, if, if the woman, let's say, is high risk, for example, and has high blood pressure and all this and that, should be with a doctor because things can go with the bleeding and so on, could go wrong. Mm -hmm. That's what the actual case, to my understanding, when I look at it, says. But when you hear it in the headlines, it's very different. So this is this is a concern moving forward for Republicans if... If they say it can't be mailed or or this pill is restricted, yeah, it's it, it. This could be the you know we can sit here from now till June whenever they hear yep. this case and talk about polls and this and the other. If they restrict that abortion pill, 
it is it's r.i.p gop yep and obviously a lot of conservative justices on the supreme court but it's going to be scotus that costs the gop in elections in a way and this is you know getting back to what nikki haley said she had the most concise point about that issue that i've heard a gop candidate say and it's right. You, like there, look, look the the Supreme Court or the, the 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 Supreme Court of Texas was just following the law, and they they actually said in that that we don't want to be in that. Like you guys don't have to come to us with all of these. Like we don't want to be in this business of deciding this. Is is this a moment for Nikki Haley where she needs to take her answer and the fact that commentators like us are giving her credit for her answer and use that as her. Uh, campaign battle cry yes. saying, yes. "If you if you want a yes. Republican back in the she White House, I am the way." She should run. She should run on this. Mm-hmm. Honest to God, she should. Um, two more, and then uh, we'll get to uh, Dawn's big three. Um, so, uh, Kamala Harris was at the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta on yes. a Saturday. Mm-hmm. This was the uh, Howard Bison's. Taking on the Florida A&M Rattlers. Yeah. Nick, did you have any money on this No, game? I didn't. I couldn't find a line on it, but uh, ha- uh, Kamala is a Howard alum, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Howard won 30-26. to 26, Is that correct? Uh, you would know better than me. I did not pay. It was one of the one football game I didn't watch this weekend. Um, I could be wrong on that. It, it, the copy that I have says, Harris watched her alma mater, Howard... Bison take on Florida A&M Rattlers, who would go on to win 30-26. to 26. Oh, I guess that means Florida A&M won. Okay. Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, so she was in the box uh, mm. discussing uh, her team. This is how that sounded. Cut four guys go. She has arrived. She is in the building. The vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, but also a very proud graduate of Howard University. A very proud vice president. Cheer on my team. Can I say our team? She's around. Can I say our team? team. Yes, we can. I don't know about all of that. Okay. Look at all the giggling. Oh, my Lord. I mean, that was a, what, 18-second clip, and she giggled three different times? (laughs) By the way, she's class of 86. So 22, 14, 36. So she's, what, about 58, 59 years old now, Kamala Harris? Nice for her to get in the booth on ESPN. She looks decent in that clip, by the way. Yeah, she does. I I would never say she's an uh, an unattractive lady. Leather coat on. Yeah. Um, So that was college football. I mean, she didn't offer anything in that clip, but (laughs) (laughs) she stayed on brand. We give her that. Well, the criticism was that she, you know, she goes to college football bowl games, but doesn't go to uh, the southern border. No, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Atlanta, Georgia is about as far south as Kamala goes. Uh, on the other side of the aisle, Donald Trump and Dana White and Kid Rock were at the Col- uh, Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards fight, UFC 296, at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. No Tucker, by the way. Tucker didn't make it this no. time. Trump, uh, tr- Trump got a, a very good standing ovation. This is kind of before it switches over to pay-per-view. I think TNT has like the post card. Yeah, the, the undercard and the post fight yep. stuff uh so this is how it ended and sounded on tv on a saturday night cut six go and who is in the building the former president donald trump escorted wow. by ufc president and ceo dana white and they are all rising inside t-mobile arena to pay their respects to the former leader of these united states of america 
Donald Trump is a massive UFC fan. He's watching our fight nights at home, but he has been omnipresent at our live events this year, and he is out to support the former interim champion, Colby Covington, tonight. Our guest, Leon Edwards, in our UFC welterweight championship main event. All right, next on ESPN2, men's college hoops, NC State and Tennessee. But our premium coverage ends here from Vegas. You know what time it is, though. The best is still to come. The main card for UFC 296. Edwards versus Covington live on ESPN Plus pay-per-view from T-Mobile Arena. Starts right now. Huge, huge, huge reaction as always, yeah. man. UFC is Trump country. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I, I shared that video on social media yesterday. I got okay. a lot of people responding. Uh, you do realize that UFC is not real life, and it doesn't mean he's going <laughs> to beat Joe Biden. I'm like, I never said it meant anything other than the fact that UFC fans love him. My yeah. my other point was, I mean, where where would Joe Biden get that reaction at? It's no no. You could take Biden. It doesn't. Honestly, you could take Obama. No other politician would get that reaction, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. No other politician gets that reaction except Donald Trump. You are more of a UFC guy I am. than I am. Colby what, Covington lost, by the way. I was just going to ask you, and so he lost. Blamed. What, what, was he the guy that called out LeBron James yes. earlier this week? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's a rough look for him. Yeah, there was also a fight in the stands by two uh, by two other fighters who, who are probably going to be on the next card. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Colby Covington lost to Leon Edwards. So he calls LeBron the B-word for not yep. standing for the anthem, and yep. then he gets knocked out. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> what exactly. a life. Exactly. All right. There All right. Go. Let's get to uh, – that'll do it for round one of the yes. cut sheet. Part due uh, in about 50 minutes. Let's get to a Dawn Stenzel and Big 3 at 845. It's the Big 3 at 8 on Kale and Company. And in the Big 3, we are sponsored this morning by Holland Floor Covering. So let's talk about homelessness because Americans are experiencing historic levels of homelessness. New numbers from the federal, from the federal government that says there's a 12% increase in homelessness, the highest reported level we've uh, seen in our nation's history and this they blame they blame actually soaring rent prices the economy and a decline in coronavirus pandemic assistance oh, so all that fake money that was handed out has dried up and people don't know what to do and don't have any money to uh, afford a, a roof over their house yeah in, their home. in part nick and part of this is there are people more a, a greater percentage of people who've never been homeless before and the number one group in that is families. Yeah. And so 653,000 people are homeless in America today. And they give the state-by-state state, um, number. So New York is has three times the number of homeless. So I'm assuming that part of this may be the immigration issue. But when you look at the makeup of this homelessness, who's homeless Veterans, obviously a huge percentage are, are United States veterans. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a military veterans, but we also have an ethnic breakdown. And so when you look at that one, um, it, um, African Americans, 33%, or excuse me, yeah, African Americans and Hispanics, each about 33%. Oh, I, th- I thought, uh, I thought Joe Biden was going to help the brothers out. Uh, I so, guess it didn't, it didn't translate from the campaign to the reality of life. And the number of veterans, homeless veterans, rose again by 7.4%. So when you look at these numbers and, and the picture they paint, yeah. it's really about the economy. And which year were we at the lowest levels we've ever seen? Twenty six or 2017. Oh. 
2017. Oh, that's when that's when Hitler was the president. <laughs> okay. Well put. Well played there. Uh, so it's a, it's a it paints a really sad story about homelessness in America. We rose um, about seventy, almost seventy one thousand, just with you know just over year to year numbers. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's so sad to see who's in that group: families, United States military veterans. Well, and that's people the, are that, hurting in this economy. That's by the none. that's the biggest sin of all when yeah. you see the veterans yeah. that can't stay in the shelters anymore that are being kicked out for illegal migrants. Yes. Like really. Those that are in a shelter that served your country in war get booted for people that come into the country illegally. Yeah. And, well, you talked about it earlier about the pandemic and the price we pay for the pandemic. So think about the jobs that were lost, the businesses that were shut down. I'd love to see that correlation as far as our United States military veterans. What jobs were they in that lost their jobs with all these mandates and shutdowns? Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two, a Confederate memorial will be removed from Arlington National Cemetery in Northern Virginia in the coming days here. And this is part of a push to remove symbols which commemorate the Confederacy from any military-related facilities. There is quite an uproar. This this decision and announcement came over the weekend for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're trying to bury the story. But I, I will just point out to you, that first, first and foremost, and they they put fencing around it. They're preparing to remove this thing. But I'll just point out to you that um, in a recent letter to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, more than forty House Republicans stated in the that the, this new commission that was it was a post George Floyd commission and mm. uh, BLM type commission that was created. But what they're saying it has it has it it, it does not in any way commemorate. The Confederacy, in fact, the memorial commemorates reconciliation and national unity. So it's a bronze statue depicting an African-American woman, and she's holding the child, I guess, of a white officer. And and so, the, you know, and an enslaved man, um, you know, I guess is following someone there. So they were saying it represented reconciliation. It represented the opposite. Okay. This is making this is a pretty controversial issue that's happening but they, they have said this statue will be removed and relocated. And this statue, by the way, was from, when was it commissioned? 1914. Okay. Yeah, to your point, there's a lot of these statue stories that are out there that kind of fly under the radar. So I want to give that one to you. Number three, I'll take you to Philadelphia. Benjamin Franklin's descendants, they have decided to cash in on the, a Philadelphia portrait of Ben Franklin and it's being sold at auction through through uh, Christie's. So it's an 1834 portrait um, by Philadelphia portrait artist Thomas Sully. It's an original, and it's valued at about two hundred thousand dollars. It'll probably go for much more than that. Mm-hmm. But they've decided they want to sell this thing. The family's uh, you know, says they want to cash in, and they believe they'll get much more than the two hundred grand. Two hundred grand for a piece of art. I wonder if that's the kind of money Hunter Biden makes on the artwork he sells. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Didn't he make more than that? I think so. Didn't he make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars by what did he do? He blew through a straw, well, or something. He blew, blew, the he blows through a lot of things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but in any event, we'll see how much it really goes for at auction. But kind of an interesting story. If you're if you're into that kind of thing, the yeah, original but, portrait 
for which Franklin sat in London was, you know, and there's a, there's an origin story to it, which, you know, people love that. So I don't know. Yeah. If I was sitting on artwork that was 200 grand in value, I, I, it would have been gone by now. I would have sold that sucker quick, fast and in a hurry. Really? Yeah. I've got no sentimental value. Like all these people that have collectibles and yeah. uh, all these memorabilia items in their basement, whether it's, you know, you know, historical things or sports memorabilia, if there's any substantial financial value to those things in this day and age, I'm liquidating those bad boys. Give me the cash. Well, I think to, uh, that's a good point. I mean, it has all the provenance story and the family story, and so they know that it's this original by a renowned artist. But I just wonder, I mean, I cannot imagine it will go for as cheap as 200 grand. I think that's what they're thinking, mm-hmm. because the rich are only getting richer. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they want to, in this economy, they want to cash in. Yes. So there it is. There you go. Hey, uh, well, we are sponsored by Holland Floor Covering, the region's premier flooring dealer, family operated for, the, for more than 50 years, half a century, providing exceptional service and professional installation. Visit their two showrooms in either Wayne or Newtown. No charge samples, no obligation estimates. You can learn more. HollandFloor.com, HollandFloor.com, big three. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210. Nine o'clock hour is on the way. Still ahead in the final hour. Apparently, mornings are for Neanderthals. We're going to get to that story. The military missing out on all of its recruiting goals, and who is to blame for that? And then also our favorite U.S. women's national soccer team curmudgeon, Megan Rapino said she had the worst job ever. We're going to get to that story, as well as left-wing publications claiming it's time to get rid of the national anthem at sporting events. By the by, the way, real fast, uh, Hunter Biden got uh, up to one point three million dollars for his artwork. Did he really? Yep. Wow. One buyer whose identity is unknown spent eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Do we know what the what, what what piece of artwork that was? Was it a painting, well, this, a sculpture? That was for eleven pieces of his artwork. Eleven pieces. <laughs> Maybe this radio thing. I should rethink this whole thing. Does somebody, does somebody really want eleven pieces of Biden's artwork, or do you think that eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars was for something else? Well, that's the uh, allegation. Just, yeah. just questioning. Right. You know, I, I don't have any proof of that, but I just, you yeah. know, I, I just, I'm, I'm questioning if somebody really liked Hunter Biden's paintings that much that they would spend eight hundred seventy-five thousand dollars on eleven pieces of art. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Those people just make me sick. It's unbelievable. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. Final hour is on the way. It's Kale and Company live here on a Monday morning on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. This holiday season, all your wishes are coming true on FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Uh, the Eagles money line tonight is minus one sixty four, so you can you can put down if you're a new customer you can put down five dollars, win three dollars, but you'll get hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when the Eagles win. That you can bet on anything from spreads, player props, over under, so much more, whatever you want to do with it. 
It's all yours. So go to FanDuel.com slash Greg, FanDuel.com slash Greg, and sign up right now. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 1210 WPHD and the NFL. 21 over President PA. First online real money wager, only $5 money, uh, pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as not withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. Don't go through another year with that awful pain. Just call QC Kinetics right now. Make 2024 the year you are back to living normal life again. QC Kinetics can give you your life back. I mean, they're the nation's leader, like I say, in regenerative medicine. And these are all natural treatments. Repairing and restoring that damaged tissue, giving you pain-free movement once again. How does that sound? QC Kinetics has tens of thousands of satisfied patients around the country. People who once, well, back before they tried QC Kinetics, before they turned to QC Kinetics, they used to have knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, and they were able to get lasting relief now. No surgery, no drugs, no downtime. So, If you're suffering in pain, maybe from a former injury or pain associated with arthritis, you need to check this out. The future of medicine, it's here. Regenerative treatments, thanks to QC Kinetics. Make the call now so you can get the most out of 2024. Get back to doing what you love to do. Don't forget, you can use your HSA and FSA funds. Call QC Kinetics, get a free consultation, and get moving. 215-999-3000, 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000, 215-999-3000. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app. Nick Dawn and Greg, this makes me think of Home Alone. This, this the, song does? This is the song that they the play weirdest, in Home Alone. You're the weirdest guy ever. I know. Why'd you hire me? That, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll finish the question for you. I knew where you were going. Yeah, this is right when uh, the family departs and they can't get on the same flight to go home and get Kevin. The mom's hanging out in the airport. It's like Dawn, waiting for the boys. 855-839-1210. I would never forget one of my kids. I could totally, I could totally see you being in that situation and going through all the... Uh, the due diligence, counting to make sure all the boys are accounted for, all the bags are packed, the the airline tickets are out the night before, so that when the uh, the van service shows up at the Stenzel and Menti uh, Palatial Estate, they pick you up, they get you to Philadelphia International Airport just in time, and uh, you don't leave any of the siblings behind. We might have to do a Home Alone remake. You could be... Uh, no way. I would be, never uh, get on an airplane without my child. Really? Nope. I would love to get on an airplane without my child. Stop. A dream of days like that. Stop. Kidding me? All right, so a lot of good things to get to here in the final hour. Morning mystery movie clip is coming up in just about 15 minutes. we got a great prize for you that we will tell you about. Also, what's on the cut sheet part due. Who on Twitter and YouTube today and what's on tap for the Dawn Show. Uh, two things in the world of sports and politics that I want to get to here in the first seven or eight minutes. And then I also have this uh, story from the Daily Mail that talks about uh, our military recruitment and our active duty troop numbers haven't been this low since 1941. So we're going to get to that story as well. But two stories from OutKick. You know, we just came off of, what was it, about two weeks ago, the Time Person of the Year came out and 
Taylor Swift, yeah, Taylor Swift ended up winning it. Yep. I would argue, you know, if thank you, look at yeah, look see there look it goes. At this. Yes, you guys just have a conversation about what needs to be red later. Look at Don't this hottie blonde it. who just brought me a coffee, what? Nick. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> and speaking of hottie blondes, when he comes back in, we got to talk about his side job on Sundays because apparently Stocker doubles as an assistant coach for the Patriots. Of course, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you saw that picture that I tweeted out, um, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I would argue if you were so time person of the year. They put together this list of all of these, you know, substantial people. I think what Xi was on it, Putin was on it, Taylor Swift, on down the list. If I had to rank a top five or a top ten of the most unlikable people in America in 2023, I don't know that Megan Rapino would fall out of the one spot. She is just one of these, and I, I, I've said this for a while. I think a lot of these left wing progressive nut jobs they hate america they hate their own self i think they just they're at odds with their own existence they're either confused by what they are or what they aspire to be or what they want to be but biologically can't be but we've talked about megan rapino a handful of times this year and every time we bring her up it's because she's either kneeling for the national anthem she feels like a certain community is under attack uh, and now she actually has the nerve to come out and say being on the U.S. women's national soccer team and representing America in the Olympics is the worst job in the world. Uh, like, I mean, wow. honest to God, she has made money hand over fist in this country um, through playing sports, probably at a more substantial level through endorsements, appearance fees. Um, anything that her agent gets her to promote, um, she I don't know what she's worth. I, I guess I could look it up. But she probably has a nice little nest egg in the bank because everything that America has afforded to her. Like, she's able to do what you, in theory, love to do. Although, according to her, playing soccer at the highest level as a female is the worst job ever. She's also got a Netflix documentary a series called Under Pressure, the U.S. Women's World Cup team, which I'm sure she's probably being compensated in some way, shape, or form for. And she comes out and says the following, quote, I always say it's the worst job in the world because if you do your job, then you were supposed to do it. And if you do one hair less, then you're going to get lambasted for it. Yeah, that's, that's what being an adult is all about. You shouldn't get credit just for doing your job because you're paid to do it. And yes, if you don't perform to the standards that are set for you or what the job expectations or the performance requirements are, you're going to get roasted. You're going to get a meeting with your boss. Maybe you're going to get fired. I mean, we live in a world of results. You're paid to get results in any walk of life. And when you don't, yeah, there's going to be uncomfortable moments where you're failing to meet the threshold or whatever the sales quota is, or hey, if you're playing sports, they want you to win championships or win 65 or 70% of your games. You know, we, I think we live in this delusional world where all of a sudden, and I think this is a product of DEI over merit, where this modern mindset is it's not so much about the results. It's just letting everybody kind of play the game, so to speak. Yet 
The game was created and founded by people that want to win. That's what makes America great. That's why people are trying to enter this country illegally because they want to take advantage of everything that America has to offer. Even though we see all these stories about how the American dream is dead, it's uh, never been more difficult to achieve the American dream, and it's very true. It's definitely more difficult than ever. But I'm so tired of these self-righteous, entitled uh, and I don't know if I think Megan Rapino would probably be a millennial. I think she's up in the mid to late thirties, a little younger than me, so she's definitely a millennial. But this this sense of um, hatred towards your job, hatred towards responsibility, hatred towards country—they're just a very. And I'm not I'm not trying to generalize all millennials, um, but there's a certain segment of them out there that they just have a very empty, bitter soul. And I can be a cranky individual at times, but I mean, some of these people, it's like they hate life. They hate existence. So like my stock answer is like, you know, Megan, if, if you had it so bad when you were cashing all of those checks all yeah. those years, then just leave, go elsewhere. If you can get it better than America, God bless you. Knock yourself out. Go do it. It's like these people that say, oh, if Trump gets reelected, I'm leaving. All right, well then go, go. Nobody's forcing you to stay. So, um, in the, and, and oh, by the way, the other thing that's been unlikable about Megan Rapino is the one who, as her career is coming to an end, has no problem with biological guys coming into female sports and taking mm-hmm. females' jobs. But you know darn well, 10 years ago, when Megan Rapino, when she was in her athletic prime, be careful how I say that, I don't want to be called Don Lemon here on the radio, but like if she would have lost her job to a biological man in 2013, do you think Megan Rapino would have taken it lightly? Or would she would have cried the victim card? My guess is she probably would have cried the victim card. So Yeah, it's a shame. It's just a shame to me that she is, I don't know if she's so negative energy, so coddled. I know that the, I guess Sue Bird. Yeah, basketball player. Um, WNBA had shut down all the speculation that she and Megan had gotten married or something right. over the weekend, whatever. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the reason she's just so grumpy. Right. Whatever. Uh, she just seems like a negative energy person, but most people in that position would say, "What a blessing!" Yeah, you know, to go to go to that level to be, you know, represent your country in that kind of a situation in the Olympics, women's national soccer team. Yeah, and and to go, oh, it was the worst job. It's like she hated representing yeah. what America stands for, and you know, for every person out there listening, male or female that played any sort of sport as a kid, like in you know third grade, mm-hmm. what was your dream? Not everybody, but a lot of people thought, hey, I'd like to be in the NFL one day. I'd like to be in Major League Baseball. I'd like to be a professional basketball player as a female. I'd like to be an Olympian and be an Olympic swimmer and win a gold medal. Like we've all dreamed of, uh, not, not everybody, but a lot of people have dreamed of playing professional sports, playing a game and making millions of dollars to do what we did for free as kids. And she makes it sound like it was work and a chore. It's like, you know, go get a real job and then get back to me. You know, go, go work at a construction site. Uh, you know, go, go be a, a barista at Starbucks and then complain about how you have to work an eight-hour shift. Yeah, and by the way, thank you, Carly Lloyd, because remember, Carly Lloyd was critical of Megan. So yep. I just think, by contrast, I mean, lo- somebody who's a local hero, Carly Lloyd, who's loves her job, feels blessed, mm-hmm. always brings it, always works so hard. Yeah. And that's part of winning is your attitude. Yep. 
And oh, by the way, too, let's not forget lost in all of this. The United States women's national team, they were expected to win and go deep in the tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, there was expectations placed on you. So if sports fans have a right to be mad yeah. when you underachieve. Like, we're never expecting the men's team to do anything because the, the men's national team in American soccer always gets beat because the Europeans are so darn good at soccer. So uh, that's the first story. And then secondly, we gave you the story last week uh, where we talked about LeBron James showing up at his kid's game at USC and not acknowledging the um, the national anthem. He showed up late. He was sitting courtside, kind of getting situated with his kids. He sat down for about 20 seconds, and then he stood up for the end of the national anthem. And we had a kind of a back and forth. Um, Dawn's a fan of LeBron, but thought it was a bad moment. I hate LeBron, but thought it was a nothing burger. Uh, we had Bruno on to talk about it. So that must have triggered somebody at The Athletic, which, if you don't know, The Athletic is a sports um, website that hired a lot of traditional writers from big publications maybe 10 years ago, they plucked people from the New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Washington Post. It's a subscription service for, like, quote, real journalism. Uh, they've never made any money. The New York Times, speaking of losing money, decided to purchase The Athletic, and somebody at The Athletic decided to write that they don't want the national anthem played at sporting events anymore. Uh, it was written by a man named Ian Mendez, who is a columnist, and he said that the star-spangled banner is not nearly as in demand as patriotic patrons believed. Uh, He referenced how the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, who we've seen on NBC shows such as Shark Tank, uh, apparently stopped playing the anthem in 2021 Uh, And it didn't really make news until about a dozen games later when it became a story. And then they went back to playing it. Uh, Well, this piece is not overly anti-anthem. It argues that the national anthem should be played sparingly and reserved for moments that evoke genuine feelings of national pride. So I just want to have a little conversation on this. Um I don't know about you, um, but if you ever went to a sporting event, whether it's as a competitor or as a spectator in the in, in, in the stands as a fan, I've always thought one of the coolest moments, and I'll be the cheesy guy, I have no problem admitting it, but when they play the national anthem at a sporting event, whether it's with a band, whether it's somebody singing it, whether it's a pre-recording over the PA system, I, I, I get chills. Almost every single time. And I even, I'll take it even a step further just to show you what a patriotic simp I am. <laughs> when I'm watching a big time sporting event on TV, because like the, 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 the standard run of the mill baseball game, basketball game, Sunday football game, usually we don't see the national anthem on television. It's during a commercial after they came on and did their little intro to the broadcast that it airs. Uh, but when they air it for the Super Bowl, the college football national championship or any type of big event. And you see the athletes that are crying and like, they're like, you know, staring up and they got like the tears running down their face or they're, they're muttering the words verbatim kind of under their breath. Um, Remember Nick Sirianni a year or two ago, it became like the running meme and gif on Twitter. Like Sirianni looked like, you know, his dog had died. I mean, he, he was bawling his eyes out on the Eagle sideline. I, I, I find that to be a very moving moment because I, I, I think about like, and not to get real cheesy here, but I am. That's fine. 
but it's Kale and Company, and I'll be cheesy if I want, darn it. My name's on the show. Um, you think about what every person went through that served in this military, which will get us to the military recruitment issue in this country in a moment. Like, we don't have the opportunity to play sports, sit at home, and gamble on sports on our smartphone um, without those that laid their life down for us to have the ridiculous ability to overreact to a football game on a Sunday afternoon for three and a half hours. So the fact that these, and you wonder why, like, The Athletic, which was purchased by the New York Times, can't make a a single dollar in profit on a subscription-based model. It's because you have all these people that just, again, a lot like to the effect of Megan Rapinoe. Mm -hmm. Why, like, if, again, the hatred for America from American (laughs) civilians is a staggering concept to me that I'll never wrap my head around. So I just wanted to bring those two up. And speaking of the anthem and what it stands for, we should wrap up with this conversation. This is actually a legit concern. So according to the Daily Mail, we are going to enter next year in 13 days with the smallest military we have had in over 80 years as active duty troop members, uh, troop numbers sink to less than 1.3 million and every branch except for Space Force has missed their recruiting goals and the Pentagon is now coming out and issuing a national call of service to Gen Z. Does anybody get the feeling that maybe if this continues to go in the wrong direction, we're going to have a draft? Could you see that happening? And by the way, women would be... Yeah. That would be... Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then then all of a sudden, you yep. see a bunch of women who identify as men. You're like, well, no, no, I'm I'm actually still a woman. Yeah, you know, I'm, still, I'm still a lady. No, no, no. No, I was just joking. Well, I'm transitioning back. It's a pivot. Could it be... Let me ask you this. The military has changed a lot, and yep. it's not... And I don't mean that in a like a like a physical sense. I mean the what you do in the military now has changed. It's a lot more drones. It's mm-hmm. a lot more technology, uh, technology, computer type. You know, you need computer scientists yeah. to really operate a lot of these high tech equipment that right. we have now. Right? Could that could that be it? Maybe there's not as many quote unquote troops, but are there still people behind the scenes? that can wage war just by, you know, uh, uh, a few keystrokes. Well, it's... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, you're totally... No, it totally makes sense. I think it's multifaceted. I think it's, one, it's the technology aspect that you're talking about. Two, we've also seen the lowering of the uh, standards from an athletic standpoint for those that are actually out on the front line of battle. Much like with the police, we talked about the lowered physical fitness requirements. That certainly... But see... That, you would think, would make it, quote, you know, easier to get into the military if we're going to make if we're going to drop the threshold and lower the bar. But also, we, we've, we've seen these stories about all of the left wing woke messaging and how that's been a turnoff for a lot of people that might have been considering. But let's 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 um, loop all this in here. Let's take uh, Megan Rapino. Let's take the getting rid of the national anthem. And let's take the national call of service in this article from the Daily Mail to Gen Z. And what do all of these people seem to have in common? They don't love their country. Yeah. So I can understand, yeah. and even though I disagree with it, but I think the, the, the fact is you have a lot of people out there 
that are that 18 to 24, 18 to 29 demo mm-hmm. that are very much anti-American, that are pro-Palestine. They're like, I'm not fighting for the United States. I think it's exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't disagree with it. We're not being taught it as well. Like, you know what I mean? I, I have a, I have a, a friend, uh, and Don knows them as well, who, whose, uh, whose son was looking at Navy. Yeah. And, you know, and I was talking to his father, and I was just like, I don't know, man, with all the turmoil that's happening in the Middle East, do you really want yeah. your kid to be in this? And he goes, yeah, we're patriots. And if anything happens, like, I would want my son to do whatever he's going to do and help his country in any way possible. And when I heard him say that, it kind of took me back. It was just like, oh, I don't know if... And then I thought, there's there's very few parents, and this is not a knock against it because I would right. be on the opposite. Like, I would want to protect my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's very few parents that look at that as a patriotic... Yeah thing anymore and it's not it's not it's it's the times like our parents and our grandparents looked at that well maybe not so much our parents but our grandparents looked at that like my country needs me and i will serve and then you kind of get into these wars like the vietnam war and it's like well is that really did we really need to go there and then then afghanistan did we really need to go is it possible the young generation realizes what war is all about and about money and the never-ending war and they don't want to be a part of that we've become a lot more jaded and and it's just that we don't trust our politicians and we don't trust the government anymore. So we don't trust to tell to tell them that they're telling us the truth. So can you be two things at once? Can you be smart by realizing that it's a never ending war machine, but also anti patriotic? Well that's the that's the that's the weird conundrum here because right. yeah, if you're you know, like if 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 your country needs you for something, would you would you serve? Then in the back of your mind, you're being like, well, are we like being lied into this like we were in Vietnam and like mm-hmm. we were in Afghanistan? And like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that plays a lot into what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, I'm very patriotic. Uh, if I was forced to go, if there was a draft and they said, Nick Kale, ship out, you're going, I would obviously do it. I've just never had the gut. Like when I was well, eighteen, too old. I know, now. but like I'm just saying, <laughs> like I, I never had the guts to do it. I, I am not nearly courageous enough to go out there and be, you know. Plus, trust me, you don't want me shooting missiles and stuff. I, I'm a disaster with that type of stuff. Really? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is the commander in chief matters, and so if you think you're coming into perilous times, and I think that's why we see a lot of early retirement, mm-hmm. whether just leadership matters. And so if that commander-in-chief is somebody who you trust, especially if that commander-in-chief is going to listen to his generals and all the experts and do the thing that is is right for the country, but as well, you know, doesn't, you know, that commander-in-chief's motivation does not want to get us into war, for example. Mm-hmm. I think that's a piece of it. Just playing along what Greg said, you know, with the patriotic piece of this, right. I think even patriots right now question biden's ability as commander-in-chief and question his motivation yep all right nine twenty-two on this monday morning let's give something away with our morning mystery movie clip and now the morning mystery movie clip on kaylin company talk radio 1210 wpht turn here Listen carefully. If you do exactly as I say, I can get you out of here. What? This is a rescue. I'm helping you escape. Can you fly a TIE fighter? You with the resistance? What? No, no, no. I'm breaking you out. Can you fly a TIE fighter? I can fly anything. Why? Why are you helping me? 
guess it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot. I need a pilot. We're gonna do this. Yeah? Think you know what it is? Be call at 12 at 855-839-1210 and you could win this great prize. And today's great prize, a four-pack of tickets for your choice to see either the New Year's Eve 6 p.m. or the New Year's Eve midnight fireworks aboard the battleship New Jersey Sunday, December 31st. Experience the unique view of the New Year's Eve fireworks over the Delaware River from the deck of the world's greatest battleship. For more info and tickets, visit BattleshipNewJersey.org. Caller 12, if you can identify that clip at 855-839-1210, you'll get your choice of those four-pack of tickets on New Year's Eve. Kale and Company, back after this on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. But first, let me tell you about my friends at Wawa. First up, Wawa.com, second up in-store. But if you want Wawa, here's what you do. Go to Wawa.com, pick one of the festive card designs, enter your card amount, and write a message. You can choose to have that Wawa gift card show up in the inbox instantly or schedule to it arrive at just the right moment. Or you can go by the local store of your choice. You'll find gift cards for Wawa fans in your life and for fans of other brands like Amazon or Roblox. Grab one for your boss or your favorite aunt or uncle and make anybody's season bright in one Wawa run. Happy holidays from Wawa. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, maybe you know somebody who could use some help with dinner time. Who can't use a little help with dinner, especially a delicious dinner? Check out What a Crock Meals. So I actually found them years ago. Love whatacrock.com had the idea of sending some of their meals as a gift to friends and family members who love it, by the way, who could use some delicious dinners without any prep, mess, or stress. This is a huge hit. Trust me. If you have not heard me talk about whatacrock.com before, here's how it works you just put a meal in your slow cooker in the morning and go about your day. When you come home, dinner is simmering. Just waiting and delicious. It's literally as simple as dropping a meal into your slow cooker and boom, dinner is done. Whatacrock.com has a huge menu of more than 50 meals to try. No subscription, no commitments required to order. And they even have digital gift cards that are instantly delivered via email for people. You know, if you need a, a great gift in a pinch real quick. So make sure you use promo code WPHT at checkout. Get $10 off your order at whatacrock.com. That's code WPHT. $10 off. Make sure you check them out. Whatacrock.com. What a great idea. You're going to love this. You're going to look so great. Whatacrock.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. Hopefully all of you having a great start to your Monday, one week out from Christmas, as wet and sloppy as it is out there. Still ahead this morning, we've got Dawn Stenzel's Big Three, What's on the Cut Sheet Part Two. What's on tap for the Dawn Show? Who on Twitter and YouTube today? But right now, time to give away our four-pack of tickets to the Battleship New Jersey New Year's Eve Firework Bonanza. We have Mike in Wilmington, Delaware with us this morning. I'm assuming this is not Mike Opelka from Wilmington. But Mike, you go right ahead. What movie clip did we just play for you, sir? Good morning. It was Star Wars Episode 7. There you go. Congratulations, sir. You got your four-pack of tickets to your choice on New Year's Eve at 6 p.m. or at midnight. Thanks for playing, Mike. 
great. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Christmas. You too, Mike. There he is. You can hear him actually like sloshing through the water. <laughs> yeah. Live on the radio. Oh, yeah. I don't. That. I don't uh, um, admire people. Not admire, but I don't envy people uh, going into work this morning. Yeah. It was probably a mess. Or leaving at ten o'clock, like some of us will be in a couple of minutes. That's all right. I have a truck. I'll plow through it. I'm strong like that. All right, 931. Let's get to a Dawn Stensland. Big three at the bottom of the hour. It's the Big Three and Nine on Kale and Company. Big Three at Nine. We are sponsored by Piazza Auto Group this morning. So, number one, speaking of driving in this, we have a number of water rescues being reported across the region. And this as we're under all kind of flood alerts due to all the heavy rain that we've endured overnight. And it looks like it's dissipating right now in the city of Philadelphia. But keep in mind, the windy weather, the winds are going to kick up. But uh, shout out to all these great, especially volunteer fire companies. I know in uh, in particular, there's one that has gone viral. And this is Barron Hill Fire Company, as well as Flowertown and Wissahickon. So they've been out there responding. Some of these roadways, that's why we have school cancellations this morning. Some of these roadways... Actually, you see the car, it's all the way up to, let's say, the door handle mm-hmm. of the vehicle. So they were out and rescuing people. I don't have reports of injuries, but please, I mean, my God, remember that horrible story that happened in uh, Bucks County that was a deadly situation, people being swept away in these rushing and raising waters? Because mm-hmm. think of think of the high tide, it you know, impacts everything. Yeah. Uh, so... They're, they're just issuing all these alerts and warnings. Please, please do not drive through this. Yeah, for all of you out there with like a little four-cylinder small car low to the road, and you see like the Schuylkill River is like coming across the street, yeah, don't, don't try do driving it. through it. But this one looks like an SUV, and it's still some of these waters. Yeah, it's, it can get big trucks to yep, get everybody. Fools you. Yep. So kudos to these uh, vi- you know volunteers are out here. Just through, uh, this is across the region, but the alerts are going out. South Jersey, the, the surround, not just Philadelphia County, all the surrounding suburbs and well up in Lehigh Valley, it's pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not getting any better just because the sun is going to come out. Please, please be careful. They have a lot of stranded drivers. They're trying to get to everybody. So a heavy, heavy, heavy rain should be dissipating, but the heavy winds are now going to kick up here so looks like we've already peaked at the the uh, high temperature of 61 degrees this morning so now things are going to cool off hey lawmakers uh, moved past that month-long budget feud in pennsylvania's capital last week and josh shapiro governor josh shapiro has signed this so i don't know if i headlined it in a big three as of yet but you know you think about that drag dragged out process nearly six months it took to get the budget. And remember early on we talked about this. Nobody was really, it was not really making headlines. The fact that we in Pennsylvania did not officially have a budget. And it really took a toll. What do you make of that? What do you think the reasons why it wasn't receiving the coverage? Just because there's a D in front of the governor's yeah, name? In part, yes. Yeah. Now, at the end, in the end, uh, Governor Shapiro had said it was a dragged out process. But he gave, he said that in fact they were able to overcome some partisanship to to try to finish this mm-hmm. and in this they did come up with some of these voucher type programs scholarship type programs that will help fund some of the school choice initiatives okay. that we've seen 
So, but the other piece to this that I just want to point out, and we were talking about this later on Friday, and that is that because of, because we have a 101 to 101 situation in the Pennsylvania legislature, Democrats in control right now, they are saying, well, we, we, you know, we've got a leaky, we've got a leaky situation with a leaky pipe in the House, and uh, we really can't go back to do any votes until March 19th. In, in the Pennsylvania legislature. March 19th of 2024? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, I loved your reaction. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me yeah. look at my calendar here for a moment. So after St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So three months from tomorrow. So, <laughs> I mean, wow. Must be nice. Must be nice. So I guess they can, could be, they can zoom or something. They can, but they're saying, oh, you yeah. know, we got a, you know, we got a leaky, uh, you know, we got a, a, we had a water situation. We need to do a repair. Yeah, we'll just go virtual. It's really, I mean, come on. It's yeah. really because the Dems are in control right now. They want to do a special election. Mm-hmm. And so this is the game they're playing. That's exactly right. So. There's there's that one. Okay. Uh, number three. What am I? Gonna, oh, it's such a tough choice. All right. Number three. I'm going to go since you talked about Southwest Airlines a lot. They have reached a 140 million dollar settlement for that a year ago. Remember December of 2022. Remember they remember that meltdown they had. Oh, with the, the travel flight? cancellation debacle. Yes. So on this day where, unfortunately, it's a tough day to be flying uh-huh. because of all the, the horrible weather across the country. But they, they did reach a settlement, $140 million. And this was Southwest. Southwest. So, so they've, they've coughed up $140 million for that debacle. Yep. And now they're letting fat people fly bonus cheek for free. Yes. They're just in the business of losing money. It's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, so we'll see. Will they have layoffs now or something of that nature? Yeah. Or some CEO will probably give themselves a million-dollar bonus. Yeah. Part of this is a $35 million fine by the government. Okay. But there's $140 million, you know, that pay out to 2 million travelers gotcha. who were caught in that whole debacle. So just giving you that, uh, they're trying to say that they're grateful to have reached a consumer-friendly settlement. Southwest is trying to be consumer-friendly in every way they can. But they've written a big, fat check, $140 million. We are sponsored by Piazza Auto Group because here at Kale & Company, I think all of us could agree that we we the way we love to travel is courtesy of Piazza. Darn right. <laughs> and Piazza Auto Group sponsors us. Happy Honda Days from Piazza Honda, Philadelphia, Langhorn, Pottstown, Reading, and Springfield. You can get financing as low as 3.9% for 48 months on their most popular new models, which is part of the reason I am like this week, Mike, just go trade in my Honda Odyssey minivan. My stepson, Jonathan, just got just did this. These deals are unbelievable. Do this. Shop Honda, PiazzaHonda.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaHonda.com. Thank you, Piazza Auto Group, for sponsoring our big three. All right, Don. Thank you very much. Uh, before we get to the cut sheet part due, let me go to Bill in Montgomery County. He's been on hold since Saturday. Bill, you're on Talk Radio 1210. You go right ahead, yeah. sir. Yeah, good morning, Nick, Dawn, and, and Greg. I uh, wanted to weigh in on that Confederate memorial being removed from Arlington Cemetery. Um, I've traveled with the military extensively in Germany. And when you drive through a small German town, in the town square, you'll see a monument honoring the German war dead. Uh, from 1914 to 1918, obviously World War I, and then 1939 to 1945, honoring the war dead from World War II. 
Mm-hmm. So even the German people with Nazism and the Holocaust, they still respect their war dead. They don't diss their war dead. They have a, a memorial to the war dead. Um, and to tie into the military recruitment, um, half of the U.S. military, the U.S. Army, has uh, is recruited from 12 red states. And I think what you're seeing happening is a lot of these military legacy families from the South that maybe had a great-great-grandfather that fought in the Civil War, um, they're seeing their, their dead being disrespected. It's going to be a turnoff to them joining the military. And we rely on those red states to supply our, our recruits. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, Bill, I appreciate that information. I did not know that. So I'm actually going to jot that down for further reference in the future. 50% of our military recruits come from 12 red states. Wow. That's good to know. I mean, I kind of figured it would be more red versus blue, or at least maybe uh, conservative versus liberal. But, I mean, you got 50% from, that's one, so 12 red states, that's just under 25% of the uh, states in our country. So, nice little uh, factoid from Bill. We appreciate it. Bill in Montgomery County. All right, 940, let's get to a Monday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do. What's on the Cut Sheet? I do. What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do? Sponsored by Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon. Joseph Anthony Retreat Spa and Salon. The secret to finishing your holiday shopping with three locations, Glen Mills, Springfield, and Center City at the Lowe's Hotel. Visit in person or online at josephanthony.com where gift cards are available. That's josephanthony.com. josephanthony.com. Thank you for sponsoring What's on the Cut Sheet Part Do. I'm going to piggyback off of what Dawn was just talking about, about the $140 million fine against Southwest Airlines. Uh, Mayor Pete <laughs> was on. I'm waiting for you. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've used the Mayor Pete. I gotta <laughs> find my Mayor Pete inventory. There he is. Mayor Pete. There Mayor Pete. Uh, Mayor Pete was on with uh, with the Morning Joes this morning and says, "Look, we're setting a new precedent for this." Uh, I just pulled this guy's. If you don't have the video, it's okay. Uh, but here we go. Go. Well, that's exactly the idea, Mika. This is not just about holding Southwest accountable for the the holidays and uh, plans that were destroyed a year ago, but also about setting a new precedent. This is a multiple, uh, depending how you do the math, about 30 times the biggest penalty we've ever assessed, because we really need to send a message to the entire airline industry that you have to take care of passengers, do the right thing, run your operations well, or there will be a consequence and our department will hold you accountable. What's happening in this case is a $140 million penalty. Now, about $35 million of that is a cash fine. But we want to make sure the majority of it doesn't go to the U.S. Treasury, but rather goes to customers. So as part of this settlement, uh, Southwest will have to pay $75 vouchers going forward to any other passengers mm-hmm. over the next three years who are stranded, uh, have a, a delay of more than three hours or a cancellation. Uh, that Southwest is responsible for. So it's really forward-looking as well as dealing with what happened just about a year ago. Imagine if this administration was that tough on the southern border, (laughs) China, uh, things that really, really ultimately matter from a national security standpoint. Uh, But I I, I will give them some credit. I mean, I think for far too long, these airline industries have been ripping off Americans. I disagree with the whole your your bonus butt cheek gets to fly free concept. But, you know, that debacle (laughs) last year at Christmas was unacceptable. And I'm glad that they slapped these uh, corporations like Southwest. 
Uh, we spent a lot of time last week on the uh, on the Hunter Biden press conference that he uh, he did. Jen Psaki, who is uh, who used to be the White House spokesperson, uh, was on Meet the Press on Sunday discussing it. And she said, look, if you're the White House, you're like, please, Hunter Biden, stop talking in public. So we're wondering how this this is looking or how this is being played in the White House. Uh, If Jen Psaki has her ear to the ground, which I assume she does, not very well. Cut seven guys go. Jen Psaki, you had this surprise press conference by Hunter Biden. Did it help or did it hurt? Look, I think if you're sitting in the White House right now, you're like, please, Hunter Biden, we know your dad loves you. Please stop talking in public. Um, This is not helpful to any of them for him to be out there. But at the same time, the president loves his son. That takes precedent over anything else. That is appealing. I'm thinking of the woman in your focus group who talked about family. He loves his son. He loves Mm. his family. He's worried about his mental health. But yes, the White House would like him to probably go away right now. Well, you know, know, between Jen Psaki and the binder, have we come to the conclusion we all agree that nobody has ever loved the son as much as Joe Biden has loved his (laughs) son, Hunter? Like, Joe so forgotten he gave his only begotten son, Hunter. So, yeah, like, like, enough with the never ending love for your son. Like, you're biologically programmed to love your children. Let's stop giving, like, all this credit for doing, again, Stop giving people credit for what they're supposed to do. You're supposed to love your your, your children. That that should come standard. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, number two, who decided to bring Swalwell to the party? <laughs> like, what PR wizard said, yeah, of all the people you want to do, bring Eric Swalwell with you. Yeah. Seriously? Like, we didn't even talk about that element last week. It's true. It's unbelievable. He, he was standing right next to him. I know. Thing. I'm just, it's it's shocking to me. When I saw that clip, I was just like, Interesting, because I feel like she has the pulse of the White House. Oh, yeah. And in my opinion, it's Joe Biden calling up Hunter right. and saying to him, get out in front of this, go make a press conference. Yes, and Joe was aware that this was happening. He wasn't blindsided of course. by it. He probably just told him, play up the victim card, except I think most people would realize, most people came to the realization that this was a terrible look for Hunter, including somebody unbiased from a legal standpoint, like Jonathan Turley. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right, one more. Uh, this was on CBS's Face the Nation. A new CBS f- poll finds that Nikki Haley has emerged as the top alternative to Donald Trump in New Hampshire. Apparently, it's a neck-and-neck race happening right now in New Hampshire, if you believe the polls. Uh, this has cut eight guys go. This is a big move in New Hampshire for Nikki Haley. What's behind it? It is, Margaret. Good morning. Yeah, Nikki Haley is up substantially from where she was this fall. And one reason is voters tell us they see her as reasonable as compared to the other candidates and prepared to be president. Her number there is on par with the former president. Now, she's helped by the independents who can vote in the New Hampshire primary. And it's not a surprise that she and maybe former Governor Chris Christie are looking to do better in New Hampshire because those independents say they're more amenable to the idea of a candidate who's different from Donald Trump. Now, Trump, for his part, still does well on two key measures. One, he's seen as a strong leader. And two, that those voters think he can beat Joe Biden. Margaret. Anthony, uh, as we know here, Iowa is still a very comfortable place for Donald Trump. What is different about the dynamic there? 
It is. Well, look, he starts with nearly half the Iowa caucus goers say they themselves are part of the MAGA movement. That's a base for Trump. And he's got more voters there saying that they will only consider voting for him. Iowa has often been a test for the more further right-leaning part of the party. No different this year. You look at some policy measures. They have more voters there saying that they're in favor of making abortion illegal, in favor of ideas like deporting undocumented immigrants. So all of that adds up to a more sizable lead for the former president, Margaret. I want to go back to the beginning, um, and I just want to preface this before I give my actual takeaway. I do think the mainstream has given Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and Vivek Ramaswamy a fair share of coverage and runtime and mic time and camera time. But the, my, my takeaway from that first half of that clip, it, I've never seen the mainstream media, I, I almost, and maybe I'm going overboard, do you get the feeling that in some regards the mainstream is kind of rooting a little bit for Nikki Haley? A hundred percent. I mean, it's like oh, yeah. they, it's like oh, they yeah. forget that she has an R in front of her name, and they're not going to the standard yes bashing. She is she is the one that media, including Fox News, wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now Chris Christie's always gotten that, but because Chris Christie is a you know mainstream media darling, and he's easily hands down the most moderate of the bunch. Yes. But Nikki Nikki Haley is you know you know a rock solid conservative, and they 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 roll the red carpet out for. Her. I don't know if it's just because she's female or what it is, but. They, they really give off this vibe without basically advertising it that they're kind of not anti. I'm not saying they're pro-Nikki, but they're not anti-Nikki. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right, is that it? That's it. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with who on Twitter and YouTube today and what's on tap for the Dawn Show 12 minutes out. It's Kale and Company, and we're back after this. As you know, we are in the thick of it. The holiday season, you need to hurry to your local Piazza dealer to take advantage of year-end savings. These are incredible. Right now, through January 2nd, you get financing as low as 0% for up to 60 months on select new models, like the 2024 Mazda CX-5 from Piazza Mazda of Westchester and Reading, or the 2024 Tucson and the 2023 Santa Fe from Piazza Hyundai of Westchester and Pottstown. Visit your local Piazza dealer for all the details and additional offers. Some of these offer offers we haven't seen in years. This is incredible. You got to do this. My stepson, Jonathan, just went and got a vehicle just a couple days ago from Piazza. So please shop online, piazzaautogroup.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A, piazzaautogroup.com. Tell them Dawn sent you. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Monday morning, putting a bow on another show. The Dawn Show, six minutes out, and we find out what she has lined up for 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah, there's a, there is a lot developing today, so we'll update you on that. A lot of that going on across the region, weather-wise, the flooding and uh, some flood damage and those rescues. We'll continue to update you on those uh, developing stories. We do have some great interviews set up for you, so we will talk coming up in the 11 a.m. hour. You want to mark this. Um, Emma, Emma Waters of the Heritage Foundation, she is going to take you through the issue of surrogacy, and it's it's an incredible story and all the research that Emma did with Heritage Foundation 
to connect the dots as who are these surrogates, speaking of people who are from other countries and how this may be a real problem for the country. And a lot of people don't even realize all the issues going on here. But at 1030, we'll have our friend Lee Richardson. So she's going to visit us, talk about um, your brain, your health, and which foods are, especially in this holiday season, we're eating a lot of food. Which foods are the biggest stress relievers mm. and which ones are the biggest problems? So we'll have some fun with that. Okay. Drinking. <laughs> is, is that a stress reliever? <laughs> it is for me. How about mustard? Is that a, oh, wow. is that mustard. Yeah. <laughs> is that a stress reliever? Yeah. The Eagles could be a stress reliever or a stress inducer, depending oh, on which team decides to show up. I yeah. guess we'll make some. We'll make our Monday Night Football pick before we get out of here in about two minutes. But uh, let's just do who on Twitter first. Yeah, let's oh, do that right. first. Who won Twitter? Nobody beat Road Warrior. Road Warrior at six oh four tweeted wow. <laughs> what we were talking about, and he has not been beaten. He says, "Which ramming are you going to cover? The presidential motorcade?" or the Senate conference room. Uh, if you missed anything we were talking about, listen to the first half hour of the show because we covered both. That is correct. Red Warrior wins uh, Twitter. Three hours and 50 minutes went by and nobody could top them. Nobody could top them. That's, t- that's what we call yep. setting the bar very high. Exactly. All right, so uh, Eagles and Seahawks tonight, Monday Night Football. It looks like Geno Smith likely out, Jalen Hurts likely in, so that's good for the Eagles. Uh, it's good for me, too, because I already bet on them at minus three and a half. <laughs> Uh, I think the Eagles are going to win by a touchdown tonight. So I will take the Eagles 27-20 over the Seahawks in the Pacific Northwest. 27-20. Give me the Birds 27-20 in the Battle of Birds. All right. I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I'm going Eagles 31, the the Seahawks 17. Okay. You got a two-touchdown victory. Uh, Don Stensland, your thoughts? Eagles, Seahawks, who you got tonight? Oh my gosh. I have, I, I, of course I'm picking the Eagles. Of okay. course. The okay. Eagles! Yes. Um, I'm thinking of a score. I don't know if, if, even if Jalen, I think Jalen will play, even though he's saying that he's playing sick. I, I have no idea of the score. Do they cover? We haven't, yeah, we have not beaten the Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks. For a very long time. Oh wow! All right, you 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 bring in a little analysis. So I am a li- I'm worried. So mm. I think it's going to be very close. Okay. And I think this is one of those exciting games that could it even go into some kind of an over overtime situation. Okay. But I think we're it's we're going to literally win this thing by like a field goal. All right. So it depends if you got be three close. and a half or two and a half yeah. stock. Are you paying attention to them numbers out there? Minus three. Yeah, Minus three. yeah they're okay. going to cover that in spades, in All right. my opinion. I hope you're right. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is up next. We're back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And remember, parents, just say no to... Soft, chubby, fat-looking <laughs> children. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.